episode 73 of the florida trail runners podcast and this one hey it's just going to be a long one because we've got mike alberts and matt clapper with the epic journey of the across florida 200 it's quite literally a race that takes you all the way across the state of florida and ends at the saint augustine pier and before anything obviously just want to give a few shout outs to the wives you know you know sam stephanie Things like this is never possible without the support of the family and, of course, babysitters. You also had other people, you know, who, you know, they did drop bags or, you know, they saw them on the course. And then the Boyds. Now, you'll hear all about this story and it is crazy humbling. It's it's almost just unreal how amazing these people were and the call that they felt to serve Mike and Matt to get them going. Like, it's honestly just mind-blowingly amazing and of course good old ron eglin you know holding the fort down and making this thing possible with ar georgia but yeah we got mike we got matt but yeah mike and matt they got it done in a course record time of 67 hours 15 minutes and 20 seconds taking down the previous course record held by none other than david goggins so hey with that let's just jump right into it So I spent a good first 29 miles, got it done in I think five and a half-ish hours. We're doing well. Matt and I, uh, mile 29, his awesome wife Sam. Okay, we got Matt here, and we got, of course, Mike. We are about 54 miles in, uh, looking at 13 hours. Okay, it's the start of day two, uh, not gonna lie. I mean, Matt's been doing great, I was feeling pretty rough. Uh, but I think I was able to get like a two minute power nap. Okay, here we are uh, checking in on the morning of day three. Uh, day two was rough. Uh, day two night was rough. Uh, but <laughs> we we knew it was going to be rough and we got at it. We hit a, uh, after we left Juniper Springs, had some help from the people on the trail. Uh, did 24 miles, miles 110 to 120. Okay, we're a little under 50 hours and we just hit 145 miles. Uh, we've been able to get, you know, one or two minutes of sleep here and there. Okay, we got Matt here. Of course, we got Mike here. Hey, hey, hey! We got uh, 14 hours left to do 41 miles, and that'll give us the course record. We're getting uh, that, baby. We're coming for it, Goggins. We're in the uh, final four of Across Florida 200. Uh, looking at about 67 hours uh, total time. I got some banged up feet, but uh, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're finishing, and we're getting a... Uh, a pretty darn good time. Woo! End of the pier. Best teammate a dude could ask for right here. Hell yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. It's a hell of a Let's journey, see. brother. Oh, That's man. the across for 200 got right there. Done, baby. Got the job done. We're going oh. to uh, go hop at the hotel and go to sleep. <laughs> okay, this is for all those naysayers that said you're not going to be able to find your drop bags. What are you going to do? Well, I got one thing to say to you. Nana Boo Boo, stick your head in doo doo. 
Hey! Hey, what's up, dude? How you doing, man? Good. That's good to hear, man. Good to hear. So, uh, what's the next race? Long Haul? It's Long Haul, Hungry Land, then Cruel Jewel. Awesome, brother. I'll be at Hungry Land with you, and I think I'm going to come up to uh, Long Haul and uh, crew pace, do whatever I can to help out. So, if you need some help late, man, don't uh, hesitate to flag me down. You got my crew. Hey, who's, hey, hey, who's Big Dick Mike that just joined the conversation? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that caught my eye. That caught my eye. <laughs> oh my god! One second, let me let me let me set this up. One second. <laughs> I already screenshotted it, posted it on Facebook later. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry, sorry to cut you off. Who'd you say you're going up there with? But yeah, I've got Deanna and a couple other people who you know they're going to come out and help crew pace, crew pace, and uh, kind of remind me not to you know be a little baby and quit. You know, I can't be a bitch out there. Yeah, if you look up on like tons of first place finishes, and she's and she got she did Pinhoti this year with like no training. Yeah, <laughs> for a cross Florida, that was Matt for the first like hundred miles. I was uh, I was doing a lot of bitching and complaining. <laughs> and uh, but that was for the final twenty for me. That was the final twenty for me, though. So it was uh, much reciprocated on the back half because I know <laughs> I probably said the f word about five thousand times in about five miles. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was in some pain, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I was watching that video, and I just see Matt's running economy just his stride goes from like a couple feet to like half a foot. <laughs> oh yeah, hey, that was that, that was whenever it got better. That was whenever it got better. <laughs> you missed the fifteen miles before that. Whenever it was a twenty-minute mile pace, it was like yeah, it was uh, it, it, was, it was a long road to hoe that. Last 20 miles, I think, took us damn near seven hours, man. And it was all my <laughs> fault. Like, and, and, like, we're, we're, we're like, sub-65 hours. So, that would put us, like, right around five hours for the final 20 because we are feeling good. And I, I bonked hard on us and uh, struggled to the finish line. <laughs> hey, I've done the whole one mile an hour. I've gone one full mile in a full hour. I've done it before. Uh, I think we did that a couple times. I think we did that a couple times <laughs> with our rest. <laughs> oh man but hey how are you guys feeling uh right now you know what i'm saying it was uh, crazy like just a couple days after muscular wise like my body is feeling pretty dang good but my feet my feet are pretty jacked up i ended up breaking my left big toe like cracked it in half and on both yeah well yeah that's a that, that's the not so bad part on both big toes i stubbed them so many times that it peeled the big toe away from the skin and drove it down into the cuticle about a quarter inch so right baiting if i'm going to have to have them both surgically removed because it's like just wearing any kind of footwear it doesn't matter if it's a fly and a sock like if just wearing a sock without a shoe is pretty damn painful so right now just taking it one day at a time you know i was able to get in there and do some uh sled uh yesterday and today did a leg workout so i can do just the on definitely uh not what it used to be a couple weeks ago that's for sure i'm just feeling like a lot of pain lost like all the skin from my ankles down lost about a quarter inch out of each foot on the heel where it got wet and then it just like over the course of the recovery process like all the skin just freaking pretty much dis disintegrated off the foot so it's just sensitive as shit to uh, take a step so uh but hey oh we, 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 yeah we, we suffer we uh, whenever you run 200 miles what the hell you think is going to happen that's why a lot of people's like are you okay it was just like 
I think Mike pretty much knew at one point it didn't matter what was going down out there. We came there for a goal. And like, they're going to have to stretch us out if, you know, they wasn't like, oh, my feet's hurting. Mike, I'm sorry. You're going to have to go on the journey by yourself. It was like, well, I'll crawl my damn hands and knees like Bob Becker for the last 20 miles. And I and I almost told Mike to go on ahead because it was just like, it got to be a point where I just felt so bad. He'd walk up, pretty much just hang out for about five minutes while I walked up towards him. And that just went on for like hours in the pitch black dark. So it was just nah, nah. Uh, there was no going on ahead. It was always finishing together. I feel so bad, though, man. There was a point, I swear, with about 10 miles left, I was like, we look like we're going to knock this out in 65 hours. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it sub 70 for the record. Like, I, that was actually going through my head. I was just like, that's whenever I was just going to be like, Mike, go ahead. And, you know what I'm saying? There was no shame in the game. I will get there, but I might have to crawl to get there. Both feet felt they're, they're broke. So uh, compared to how I felt finishing the race, to answer your question, uh, the way I feel now, I feel like a million bucks. You know what I'm saying? It's just my toes are jacked up and I can't really wear footwear. So running is uh, out of the options. And so is power walking or anything like that. So just taking it slow. You know what I'm saying? I built my fitness up so much this year. I don't feel like I have to rush back into it. I lost like 15 pounds over the three, uh, three days. That's been really hard to put back on. Like you'd think it was like would be fluid, but it's just like I'm just lean is all get out. And it's uh, so I'm looking to put, put, put a little weight back on and get back in the gym oh you could hit a physique competition just wear socks <laughs> <laughs> well in, in terms of i feel kind of bad because you know i hear about matt you know he had to he he was injured had to go to the hospital for a minute i got out feeling actually pretty good i, I think my biggest injury was i had a, i had two blisters on my left foot on my on my tiny toes uh other than that like I just think it was experience this year over so many hundred milers to where I was taking care of my feet every five, 10 miles. I was changing socks, lubing my feet. I was, uh, I was getting as much food into me as possible. And I actually only lost like five pounds during the whole race. Cause I was just, I was an eating machine. Like it, they don't lie when they say ultras are just eating contests with a little bit of running involved. Cause I was, I was putting down some food and I kind of think that's what helped me feel so well at that finish even though you know matt says he was limping i wasn't a i wasn't exactly uh running that fast either i was i was hurt pretty bad too yeah and you mentioned that matt went to the hospital matt you you went into shock or like a anaphylactic or however you say it shock what sent me to the hospital yeah the uh, doctors classified they said they'd never seen it before uh they classified it as exercise anaphylactic and due to the pain that I endured throughout the race, it put my body into shock. So it was just like me and Mike went back to the hotel room and we got probably that Mike got way less sleep than me. I probably got three, four. Mike probably got one, two hours straight. Yep. And uh woke up feeling, you know, you feel like <laughs> you, you, you feel bad, you know, but the wife purchased tickets to go see the damn lights downtown St. Augustine with the two little girls on a train. So I'm not staying in the hotel. So about 10 hours post-race, I'm out uh, being wheelchaired through St. Augustine. And just in case you know, it's one of the first cities ever in the U.S. So they did, it's not very wheelchair friendly. So that's another topic on itself. So where we jump on a train, I'm feeling bad. Feel like I'm tripping on mushrooms and have just been ran over by a train. And it's just like my brain's not there. Like my body's all jacked up. Everything hurts in my face, starts swelling up a little bit. I'm like, what in the world? And it started like right in my upper lip. Okay. We do the half hour, 40 minute uh, light show. 
eat some barbecue and I'm just feeling off. I'm sipping on a margarita, eating some brisket and I'm just not feeling right. And that's the one of the posts, one of the pictures on the post. It was the first one. It was whenever I was just looking jacked up, like disoriented in the face. And I was like, saying, take a picture of my face. I feel like kind of strokey. You know what I'm saying? Like I was just feeling a little bit weird, like, but it was just like you ran 200 miles. That's what you think you're going to feel. So I was just like, suck it up, whatever. Sam's like, we should go to the hospital. I'm like, nah, I'm fine. Go back to the hotel room, drink a couple Heineken's, Washington, pass out in about two minutes, wake up, go to the bed, wake up at four o'clock. And then that's whenever the next picture happened. I like, I go use, I wake up and I go to like find my phone because it's dark in the hotel room. And I, I'm like, damn, it's dark in here. And I was just like, I went and rubbed my eyes and they were, they were like crusted shut. And I was like, what in the world? So I kind of pried them open, got my restroom and then looked at myself in the mirror and was just like, what in the world? And at that point right there, everything was a little bit tight in the chest area, but hard head. You know what I'm saying? It's three 30 in the morning. I got two little girls and a wife there. I'm not asking anybody to take me to the ER. I'm fine till the morning. Long story short, my wife's a freaking idiot. We're going to the ER. We go to the ER, we go to the ER and they're like, and you got to see, I mean, like I could only imagine what these, these uh, hotel workers, they're looking at me getting wheeled out at like four o'clock in the morning in a wheelchair, head looking like the elephant man moaning in so much pain. Like I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. They're like, like I can't even imagine in a million uh, lifetimes what they're thinking, but they get me to the hospital and that's whenever the de- uh, breathing day. De- Cranking up a little bit, nothing too serious, but they got me back. You know what I'm saying? And it was, uh, they said my body went into shock. You got in here just in time, hit me with the EpiPen, a bunch of other stuff, and had me hang out there for about eight hours, monitored me. The girls went back home. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it was one of those things. It's like a lot of people were scared. But for me, like, I won't lie, I was sitting there for a moment, like, <laughs> with a little grin on my face, like, you fucking <laughs> did it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me, that's like unlocking a whole nother different level of life. You know, I'm saying it was just like to be able to push it and hold it. And it's just like, everybody's like, oh, well, you got to know your body. You got to, you don't push it. Whenever you're out there in the moment, you don't, <laughs> what am I going to say? Hey, Mike, go ahead. We're at mile 190. I'm just going to quit. No, you know what I'm saying? So it's like you push yourself and something like this happens and everybody's first thing is like, oh, well, yeah, this is one comment that I'll remember forever. Oh, congratulations. You almost ran yourself to death. It's like I haven't even seen you in 20 years and you're going to comment after I finished 200 miles. Needless to say, she didn't comment whenever I made my other post about actually finishing the race, but that's a topic for another day. You know what I'm saying? So there, there was just a lot of that. You know what I'm saying? Where it was just like, oh, well, it's over with for Matt. And it's just like, you people don't get it because I unlocked the next level. <laughs> Nothing can hurt me now. You know what I'm saying? I've been in so much pain that I put my damn body into shock. I got EpiPens on, on the ready. And now you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you go to a crazy, crazy land, crazy stuff's going to happen, right? <laughs> and if you sent me that message, and I started laughing. I'm like, bro, your your wife's going to ban you from all just sign up. Well, she supports me, and it's like her and my girls. I do all this for them because if I don't do this, I'm going to be a shell of who I am, and I'm not going to be good to anybody. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm not on this, pushing the limits, you know what I'm saying? Training. 
the dedication, the discipline, the whole process leading up to the race. The race, like I said, is one big, huge, epic event. But as soon as you're done, you're happy, but it's like it takes a few days to set in. But everything you build through that process, the dedication, the discipline, it just carries over for me. Like, Yeah, to add on to what Matt's talking about, every any other challenge right now just seems so, so much less compared to what we went through. So I, we're going to take these, we're going to take these lessons into our, our next races. Mascot death at du- Dupuis. I feel bad for everyone else at that race. Cause I, he's going <laughs> to, he's going to hobble across that finish line with two broken feet, no matter what till he comes out first place. That's, that's a guarantee. Yeah, and with that, before we get too far, I guess we, we got to do that. The, we've got to do that introduction, you know, before the across <laughs> Florida 200, what, what's your background like? Oh, I'll, I'll jump in and go first. So uh, I've really only been running ultras for about the last year and a half. I did my first 100 miler back in uh, January this year at Long Haul 100, uh, as did Matt, and uh, just really dove into it head first. Uh, after, after Long Haul, I really got the uh, the taste for ultras, and so signed up for my next ultra was uh, was Cruel Jewel 100. That was quite a, a step up, and then uh, came back to Vera Beach Octopus Ultra to to get that hundred mile finish, and then did uh, uh, Georgia Jewel kind of kind of shelled that in right between uh, as kind of a warm up race for across Florida, and <laughs> yeah. and as, as at the end of the year, like as what we're talking about now, did that across Florida 200. That was really a I remember I made a, a Facebook live post uh, right right after long haul saying I'm looking for a next challenge. By the end of the year, I want to do uh, a cross floor 200. And uh, that's actually uh, when Matt and I first got talking. We, we had met at long haul, but uh, we got talking after that and uh, we'll go into it. But yeah, the rest is pretty much uh, now history. But yeah, that's 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 me for the last pretty much a year. That's my accomplishments. Oh, dude. And Joe, what kind of year is that? Right. You know, you off with your first 100, then you go ahead and tackle three of the other freaking toughest 100s on the East Coast. Whenever we agreed to do this race, I didn't know Mike was a badass. You know what I'm saying? I just like, no, we within a few minutes of each other at long haul, both got that green buckle. And then I watched his uh, video recap and then watched a couple of his video. And I was like, dude, seems pretty cool. Then he posted it and it was just like, man, like it was a total, uh, <laughs> you know, it, he could have been one of the worst athletes in the world and it wouldn't have meant any uh, different. <laughs> it, he'd have still been my partner. So it's uh, really cool to see him dominate his uh, 2022 season. I mean, if you check it out on Ultra Sign Up, it is very impressive. I appreciate that. But yeah, as far as my ultra journey, man, it's crazy that we're having a podcast on the day that David Goggins is releasing his second book, his podcast with Joe Rogan that came out today. And that's how I found about ultra. Like I was the Orange Theory coach. So I guess that's kind of my running background. You know what I'm saying? Like I coached at Orange Theory for about seven years and uh, that's whenever I got to running, but it was all pretty treadmill no real races there'd be like a 5k here and there on the beach or maybe a 10k that i'd get the members with a uh, go-to and uh then i had a bad back injury and uh, that's whenever i was listening to a podcast found david goggins and heard about his uh, story to Badwater, you know so then i started digging deep i wasn't doing much i couldn't move so i watched a bunch of videos and youtube 
And I was like, man, I seen all these people. There's an awesome documentary on YouTube. It's called Running on the Sun. Highly recommend everybody to watch it. It just goes through everybody from every different lifestyle, military dudes that were blown, blown up, missing limbs, uh, it, for everybody from the top to the bottom, you know, and just their struggle, their journey. And uh, I was just like, man, here I am sitting, sitting down, feeling sorry for myself, not doing anything, gaining weight, drinking, you know what I'm saying, eating like crap. Like, well, do what you can with what you got. You know what I'm saying? And that's what the first ultra marathon uh, I ever heard of. And so fast forward, it was probably about during the pandemic. You know, I think all of us were going a little bit crazy. I started, my back started feeling better. Gyms were closed. You know what I'm saying? So that's whenever I started running a little bit more, started to challenge myself a little bit more. And that was a couple of years after I uh, started getting on the Goggins mentality train. So it's like by that time, I was starting to build up a little bit of grit, you know what I'm saying, able to build some miles up. And that's whenever I heard about the Pinellas Trail Challenge, seeing Katie Rozier on a Facebook post. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself. It was like two, three days after the race was over. I was just like, I'm going to do that race next year. I don't care if I have to walk 20-minute miles because that's what I did the math in my head that you have to do to uh, finish under the time cap. I was like, I'm going to commit to my and do it. Needless to say, you know what I'm saying? A lot of injuries and stuff leading into that didn't come in the best of shape but before that my first uh, ultra was uh february 2000 and it's forgotten florida 45 and uh once i did that it was just like it unlocked another level in life and i started looking out just like what other cool courses what uh other different challenges is there out there and it was like we did our 100 at uh long haul at the beginning of this year. And that was just like something that <laughs> never seemed possible in a million years. Like even whenever I was at the start line, I was just like, what did you get yourself into? It just seemed so surreal what was in front of me. But then once I conquered that, it was just like, nah, you got more in you. And it was, uh, led to seeing a post on Mike. And it was just like, I seen David's David Goggins post on across Florida 200. It was on Thanksgiving, how he's going to go all this dude Dobbs and do this race across Florida. And I was just like, man, these people have to be crazy you know it's like this is before I, I ran any ultra distance at all I was even really a runner and I was just like nuts that's scary that I'd never want to do that so it's just so ironic damn near two years later we just knocked out the race and I'm on the podcast you know what I'm saying it's a freaking crazy world yeah I was gonna say because I was on a run not that long ago and I was thinking how did Matt and Mike even meet it was like one gym bro met another gym bro on the trail and it was like love at first sight and beast days in the air or how did y'all even meet nah the whole thing that was crazy is it's like we ran the long haul and you know how those are tight loops so we seen each other a hundred times you know what i'm saying like it was so we were so close so we were just like hey what's up what's up and honestly it was like pretty much through social media it was like this wants to do across Florida 200 hey I'm feeling a little bit crazy too after that 100 mile I was like let's go give, give us something to train for you know what I'm saying it was uh yeah so there was like really no formal meeting before we committed you know in person you know <laughs> yeah it was yeah. A, it was a few Facebook messages and it was it was like a message probably like once every month up until uh I think the Trident the Trident is the next time that we met in person and I was like man I'm like and you were running the uh, the ridge to nowhere absolutely killed it i was doing i was finishing up the uh the summer slam and after that i think we really started uh realizing how you know how real this thing was and that we had to start communicating a bit more and it started off with at first just like 
I'm pumped up. Are you pumped up? Yeah, we're all pumped up. And <laughs> and then it kind of evolved into like the month before the race. It was like, hey, check out this section. It's going to be tough. Or, hey, what do you think about this? What are we going to do here? And we really started kind of sharpening that spear. But up until like a month before the race, it was mostly just, uh, you know, two gym bros just, you know, pumping each other up. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of leads into the, like, I guess, kind of into the training of this thing. What kind of training did you even have for it? Or did you have a game plan? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in first. Oh, yeah. you want me to go? So yeah. I pretty much had such a huge race schedule this year that that was like, that was, that was really my buildup. But in terms of, in terms of training specifically for across Florida, it really wasn't much different than my regular ultra training except uh matt actually turned me on to this it was all my runs were uh run five minutes walk one minute no matter what always wearing my pack just to get my legs used to it so up and up until the actual race i was only doing 50 60 mile weeks uh doing my regular training just keeping healthy uh, additionally uh bulletproof my body by doing the the atg program uh that's what a knees over toes guy on Facebook, Instagram. It's a ton of backwards sled. It's a lot of uh, unilateral, unilateral workouts with one leg. It's uh, poliquin step ups, just a lot of stuff that uh, really work out that knee, that VMO muscle, and work on ankle and hip mobility. And so, yeah, going into that race, I was just physically the best I've ever been and mentally just you know, ready to get that, get it over with just because, man, I had a, I had a, some hard races this year and was just really toughening up not only my body, but my mind. So going into this race, I was physically and mentally uh, as tough as I could be. And I think Matt, you know, as Matt kind of touched on it after this race, it was just such a mental test that now going into future races, it's, you know, we, we, we went into that pain cave. We, we both dug deep. So yeah, we just, we both set ourselves up for success in the future and both worked hard going into it. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and like for, without the running first, the uh, just strength training. That's another thing that drew me to Mike because like I got on the knees over toes stuff probably a little over a year ago before I started training for uh, long haul. And uh, like not a lot of people post about it, not a lot of people do it. And I think it's the most beneficial thing to do for runners. All the, everybody on the podcast, get yourself a sled, drag it backwards, do your uh, split squats, do uh, your Nordics. You know what I'm saying? I got a whole laundry list that just bulletproofs the uh, athlete. And that's the one thing that I was the happiest about myself personally post uh, the uh, 200 mile across Florida. Because my muscular wise was fine. It was like my feet were jacked up, you know what I'm saying? But that wasn't the muscle wise. So that to me told me that that definitely worked. And that was one of the first things that I noticed about Mike because he posted a, a couple of uh, videos on Facebook. And I was like, get the heck out of here. We committed to doing this and he's doing like pretty much the same stuff as I am. And this stuff works really good. And like, I think we both had a pretty, his uh, 2002 is way more strenuous than mine, but I think we both made it through injury free. Like, and I haven't like really had a neck and I had four races in six weeks that were pretty brutal, you know, and then like coming off across Florida, like, yeah, I, I think the strength training, that's the way that went. Then as far as the uh, conditioning, you know, it's just time on feet. I set myself a goal to get 10 million steps and get over 3000 miles uh, running, you know, and it was just, just getting up, doing crappy stuff whenever you don't want to waking up super early, maybe getting in one, one late eating super hungry 
eating super full or, or running super full, you know, like just really just making myself as uncomfortable as possible. And as like uh, Mike said, leading up to the race, it was just running that day gone pack, which wasn't enough. Like I loaded mine up 15, 17 pounds and a couple of those packs that we took out were probably 25 pounds, you oh, know, so if you're, not, if you're not training with that man and like your legs are shot from a hundred you're just like damn man it uh definitely uh will take a taxing on the legs so for all the podcast people if you want to train for the 200 mile across florida race wear a pack wear a heavy pack get out and power hike run walk but be prepared to walk a lot so make sure you're training those walking muscles because i thought i was enough and i wasn't enough yeah a really good point that you just brought up was running while full when I was k- getting into ultra, I used to eat right before I ran just to kind of get used to different foods and see what worked and didn't work. But yeah, c- especially for an ultra, because you're leaving an aid station or whatever kind of crew stop you have, like you're going to eat, but you still have to go run. So that's a huge point. Oh, for sure. And we were mowing down whenever we we're able to mow down. It was just like, we're putting down a thousand, 1500 calories. You know what I'm saying? So you, that's like, okay, you've shown up in a camp with a light pack. You feel yourself with and then you throw a 25 pound on. So then it's just like, ugh. so if you don't train that you it's gonna uh, hit it's, it's gonna be tough. tough you know what i'm saying it's gonna affect the smaller athlete way more than the bigger athlete but definitely something eaten before you run i never used to be able to do it but the more you do it you can do it yeah eat, uh, nutrition was huge and I, I i'm blessed so far with an iron gut i call it i mean i know i know one day i'm gonna feel sick but so far uh i've never gotten sick and thrown up on the course on any course but my big thing is just eating as much as I can. And even if it's not, I try to eat every hour. But for this race, I just didn't want to eat every hour. But every, I'd say three hours, whether it be, you know, some nutrition bars or some of our drop spots in the woods where I, I hit some hostess cakes, I would stop. I'd probably put down, like Matt said, 1,500 calories. And then, you know, because I didn't eat for the last two hours, you know, load up on liquids and then, you know, head out with a stomach that was right on the borderline of feeling queasy because I knew that the more you eat now, the better you're going to feel later when your body's, you know, when your body's thinking about shutting down. If you, as opposed, uh, sorry, stumble my words here, but if you don't eat that food, I knew that my body was going to shut down later. So eating that food lets me know that later on when I'm hitting that wall, I'm going to have that extra energy to keep pushing. And that was really what, what you got to keep thinking about when you're shoving your face with food, even though your body's like, doesn't, does not want to swallow it, does not want to eat it. You just have to say, you know, no, you're going to, you're going to thank yourself later. Eat, eat, eat. Yeah. And that's a big point with the, uh, I guess with the training. And so three questions I had, and obviously before we'll, we'll hit the course was question number one was, did you have a sleep plan? And what was the average sleep that you got out there? <laughs> Oh man. So, so my, my, my sleep point or so I talked to Matt before this and we were on the same page. We just said, Hey, let's, let's go into this. And whenever we need to sleep, let's sleep. Uh, I, I read this one book training essentials for ultra running that suggested your first, your first sleep, try to make it an hour or two and then try to nap after that, you know, 15 minute naps running whenever you needed to. Uh, I mean that even that was tough, but one of the big things that we always try to do before each sunrise was try to lay down, even if it was for 15 minutes before the sunrise, and try to get a few minutes of sleep in so that when that sun came up, you kind of, it was almost like you were tricking yourself into feeling well rested. Now, did that always work out? 
no <laughs> we uh we i think i think we got about i personally got probably about 15 minutes of sleep the whole weekend uh matt i think got a few minutes more uh we'll go into the the juniper springs campground we stopped at but uh we were able to get a little extra time off our feet there about an hour of hour of sleep but yeah pretty much go until you hit a wall go until either one of us was exhausted and just said hey lay down 15 minutes setting the watch let's close our eyes and then get up and go and so even even at some points when we didn't get 15 minutes straight of sleep just stopping closing your eyes collecting your thoughts that was that was rejuvenating all in itself <laughs> all right hey joe mike just sugar-coated the hell out of that now i'm gonna tell you the way, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you the way it really went and i will admit firsthand i probably got about five times as much sleep as mike because we had two different times in nap and i uh, was able to get it to sleep a little bit quicker but nap one on night one we tried sleeping outside of dollar general hard ass concrete it started raining on us got down to about 53 no sleep you know what I'm saying? so we're powering through i think the next time we nap is in juniper springs right that's about 36 mile 120 yeah about 36 uh hours in and that's whenever i was able i don't know i didn't have the clock on me i know i was able to get a little bit of sleep feet were in a lot of pain they said i was doing a lot of moaning and uh snoring whenever i slept but i was able to get a little bit of sleep there way more than mike so then we bump out, and then once we leave mile 120, Joe, I'm telling you, we're going through the Ocala National Forest, what, 9 a.m. till 7 a.m.? That's a fever dream. The only to sleep is on sand where there's uh, fire ants, uh, spiders, and mosquitoes. We have everything we had curled up in little balls and you wouldn't be able to sleep with we we're like so sleep deprived we couldn't walk but we <laughs> tried to and we just lay down for five minutes just get eaten alive you just hear the mosquitoes like death like <laughs> like there's no way you could sleep and you could feel spiders crawling on you all types of creepy stuff so we tried doing that what mike two maybe three times yes two times <laughs> I remember. We got no, we got zero sleep at all of those. At least I didn't. Then we finally made it out of the Cala National Forest. That was what one sixty, Mike, one forty nine. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And that's whenever like I hit my limit. My feet were shot. We made it what about ten feet? And that's the picture that Mike posted on uh, Facebook. He's like, whenever you when do you sleep, whenever you want. Yeah, that's whenever like I literally laid down, laid. I packed down the wrong way into a, <laughs> a ant pile. So that's another story for the end of the race because it was just like <laughs> the, uh, my pack. Yeah, my the, my back was burning so damn bad. The final like 30 miles is unreal. But uh, that and that was the last time we slept. Mike didn't sleep at all right there. So those were our five opportunities. And that was our sleep. I probably slept, what, Mike, 10 minutes? I don't yeah, know. I, I will say when when uh, your wife met us at mile one sixty when we stopped that little uh, that little picnic table, I did get I did get about ten minutes of sleep in the back of the car. So that was I didn't see how my kids kept running up, and I was just like I was trying to be so nice. I was like, let him sleep, damn it! Oh, dude, I, but, I, I didn't I didn't even real I didn't even know they were there. I, I went into I went into dreamland real quick, and I woke up <laughs> and I was like I felt so refreshed. I was like, damn, I feel like I just slept for ten hours. Let's get this thing done. Yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, and that's. Pretty- 
pretty much uh, all of our sleep opportunities and what we made out of them. And you brought up a point with the bugs and stuff. So what, the second question was, <laughs> did you even have a plan for bugs, like bug spray or those wristbands or anything like that? Joe, I, I'm so stupid that I, I, I saved one ounce from my pack. I was like, do I need this bug spray? No, nah, it's too heavy. I'll take these extra freaking hostess cakes. And so when we were out in the middle of the woods, that we had no bug spray. But honestly, until we were trying to sleep, there was really no, as we were moving, mosquitoes were staying off of us. There was tons of spiders, but you know, they, they're kind of, except the ones that I caught in my, my mouth and my face the entire trip. Cause they were making their webs across the trails. Those little assholes. <laughs> Aside yeah. from that, we really, I didn't really run into many bugs. So as long as you keep moving and you don't try to sleep, uh, <laughs> you're, you're safe from mosquitoes. But uh, if you, if for the future runners that are trying the across Florida 200, if you plan on uh, trying to get any sleep in the 40 to 50 mile stretch of Ocala, go ahead and bring a, a wristband or some bug spray because uh, the extra one ounce it'll take uh, will really save you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I second what Mike said. I my, my dumb ass, like I go into something like this right here and it's like taking personal care of my body goes out the window. It's just like, okay, what do we have to do to get it done? So the bug spray, Mike had some early on, which is crazy, like right whenever we're getting eaten alive by these little bugs like before we started but then like mike said we didn't experience uh, really bugs at all until we stopped and as soon as you stopped you felt them on you and they didn't get off i i would be a strong believer saying no bracelet no bugs race going to protect you from that out there unless you have a sleeping bag you know i think you could spray on whatever you wanted to but they were on top of us it was fresh blood out there and everybody's coming for the party (laughs) (laughs) and then the third question that you know i had twice was bathroom break plans toilet paper what did you do whenever you need to go just you squat out in the woods that's that's all there is to it. <laughs> no planning bro. no planning dog hey you're you're outside for three days the last thing you're worried about you know it's like as soon as you i think michael tell you towards the end it was just like we're going up something like the i was just dropping loads because my <laughs> you know what i'm saying it was like just like the penalist i was like whoever's got to do that cleanup duty in the morning i feel bad for him and but it was like one of those sayings you know i mean what do you do it got to the point where we got so tired we just said i was like hey matt don't turn around i'm taking it i'm taking a doo-doo on the course and then I, he would just know not to turn around and then later on he'd go hey mike don't turn around i'd be like okay and you just know not to turn around because you know you're gonna get an, quite an eyeful so <laughs> yeah. it just whatever whatever had to happen and uh personally uh, i think you saw on facebook i kept i kept a uh, track it was uh, i believe five five times for me I had three, three pretty good ones, two, two pretty disappointing ones, but yeah, five, five total. Yeah. And like Mike said, it was just like, there was no shame shame in the game. Crapping in front of each other was there, peeing in front of each other was nothing. It was like the chafe and the, uh, everything else that was going on. You got very, uh, uh, you didn't care about nothing, you know? (laughs) Yeah, the first the first sixty miles was like, oh wait, let me find a bush. I'm gonna be modest, yeah. and then yeah, by mile one sixty, it's just like just, just, just don't me in the eye while I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess we could you know, now we can actually hop right into this race, and you know, you start at that Marjorie Harris Greenway, you know, on the Withlacoochee Bay Trail. And then obviously you head toward the the Inglis Dam. That's around eight miles ish, and you work your way to the the Denellen Trail. That's around twenty miles. 
how'd that first 20 miles go oh it went like smoke joe we're, i think we're, i think we're i think we're averaging sub 10s we knocked out a first, we knocked out a first 50k and i think about five and a half right mike five and a half yep yep and that's whenever we ran in the same first miles we were so jacked from freaking 10 months of just training and ready and ready it was just like i'm in hindsight would it have helped if we slowed down a little bit who knows you know what i'm saying but uh i felt like we got out to a pace that set us up for success you know it probably destroyed us in the middle but me personally it was just like getting out there getting on the trails i run the city 99.9 percent of my runs you know so like getting out on the trails for me is like being a kid back in ohio you know what i'm saying it's like uh, so first uh, 20 30 miles for me went awesome yeah they were they were quick uh and right before mile 30 i was getting a little worried because man we were pushing it real hard but matt's awesome wife sam she was meeting us at the uh through trailhead right before we hit the florida trail with some food so honestly we were i, I was feeling like we were going a bit fast uh but man like matt said we were just making such good time and i knew it was setting us up for success and I had certain pace goals I wanted to hit. I wanted to hit 100 miles in 24 hours. That didn't quite happen, but, you know, still under 30. Uh, and I just had certain paces. And uh, going fast in the beginning was just setting us up to have, like like he said, that slower middle through the forest and then uh, that strong finish. But, yeah, that, that first 30 was – it was fun, but it was pretty nerve-wracking <laughs> with the thought of having 170 to go. Yeah, that Pruitt Trailhead, was that the first time you got aid? Yes. Yeah, that was the first time. I'm trying to think if we stopped for water. We did. We There was a few other trailheads before that where we stopped and just filled up on the water. But we had we had a good breakfast. Matt made a, this awesome breakfast. I had a few a uh, few gels, a few bars with me. And so up until that, that Florida Trail, uh, Pruitt Trailhead, that's the first time we got our first real meal. And uh, yeah, not to jump into the post-race advice, but... Those real home cooked meals where you had a full a full hot meal, that that seriously, that was one of the highlights of the race. That's something you look forward to. So at that mile thirty, we had a big meal and that was just like that any doubt I had in those first thirty miles that we were going too fast, that switch just flipped and I felt so much better. Yeah, and eventually that you know, you kinda make your way to that uh Santo campground around I think mile fifty two or so. How did those <laughs> miles go? <laughs> that was where that's where, I, that's where I broke my toe. Like <laughs> Mark on my watch, like I, I was just like, this shit happened this early in the game. You know what I'm saying? It's like it was one of those ones whenever you did it, it was just like, oh, like Mike was like, Are you okay? And I wasn't like, Yeah, I'm okay. I was just like, Yeah, well, well, yeah, just let's keep on going, you know, and it was just like those you know, it's dark, right, Mike? Dark. It, it was very, dark. Uh, there was a bunch of little trails, and uh, I had this one. I made this stupid saying in my head: "When in doubt, Spider South," because Spider South was the one that was following closest to the GPS. And in the the route that we got, there was a note saying like trail trail uh, not exactly you know as laid out or whatever. And so uh, Ron Eaglin, he just pretty much said, "When you're in that when you're in that forest section, just head east, just head east, no matter what." And so I mean, that's really all we had to do. As long as the trail was heading east. I was feeling good and those little those stops like santos campground uh there was a i think that was there was one other trailhead before that pretty much that whole night was just setting uh miniature goals yeah okay this trailhead's in seven miles this trailhead's in 12 how much water do we need how much food do you think we need uh and it was just setting those mini goals and kind of balancing okay do i need to fill up my whole bladder can i get away with half a bladder okay this should be quick i'll just use my uh my, my soft flasks 
So it was, it was just a long stretch in the dark, but it was almost a fun game to play because you're, you're doing the logistics beforehand, but in the moment you're really seeing, okay, how much water do I need? Do I ration our supplies? So it's a, it's a constant game you're playing with your body and with the trail and what you think you can do and what you're actually drinking and intaking. Yeah, I agree with everything Mike said. Like your your senses, everything in your body's just turned on to 100%. It's like you got a bunch of spaghetti trails black, you know what I'm saying? A lot of roots. You don't know where you're going. It's your first night, you know what I'm saying? So it's dark as heck. I think we maybe picked the three darkest days of the uh, month to do them. No, no, honestly, like no moon there are stars but it, there was like no moon and then there would get some clouds so there'd be nothing like whenever we got into california but for that first night it was just like we we're still feeling ourselves out busted the foot up but like mike said like our whole journey was just a bunch of small goals and that's what i highly recommend anybody listen to this that's going to take on a longer race self up small goals it doesn't matter crap you're feeling just set yourself up a goal to get to that next stage station, get up to this next rest stop, get up to this next bathroom. You know what I'm saying? And once you get there, collect yourself, you know, don't rush any decisions. Like you feel your body out, take care of yourself. You know, it's just like, it's a long journey. And I think that's what me and Mike did. You know, it's just a bunch of small, uh, that, uh, led up to us finishing the race. Yeah. Yeah. I'll- you just sleep at the Dollar General. Oh, that was the yeah. worst place to sleep yeah. at. But it was that was uh, that Dollar General. It didn't open till eight. It was like three, four in the morning, and I was like, oh, "Man, I'm not sitting around here for four hours, uh, wasting time, so we could load up on anything." So it was like that was the that was at what mile sixty, I think. Yeah. Maybe seven. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we were just like, okay, let's, you know, we could have gone for a hundred miler. That's one of those things where, yeah, you can push on to that hundred miles. But I was in my head, I was like, you know, I'm in this for the long game. I'm in this for 200 miles. So if we, if we need to stop for 30 minutes right now, get some sleep so we can hit this middle section hard, let's do that. And so that's, that's why we tried to sleep. And uh, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a pretty miserable experience. But uh, another thing that for these multi-day races that is such a, a mood lifter. And Matt, you're going to agree with this, this when that sun starts rising after that dark, miserable night, just when that sun starts peaking and all of a sudden you can take your, take your, your headlamp off, you start seeing the trail. It's like, uh, it's like a weights lifted. You all of a sudden you're, you're reinvigorated. You want to keep going. Uh, especially cause those nights, like Matt said, they were so dark. You couldn't see more than a few feet in front of your face. You've just pretty much the headlamp beam. It, it got pretty depressing out there, but yeah, as soon as that sun started started coming up, oh, it was it was it was a, it was beautiful. It's one of my uh, probably my fondest memories from this whole thing is that that brief glimmer of hope you get as soon as as soon as you start being able to get more visibility, as soon as you start seeing that trail. Oh, I'm 100 percent on board with that. You know, like we went from being in the depths on a couple of those nights, well, the both nights, you know, and it was like as soon as you. See that crack, like it can be like an hour before the sun rises. And it just like with each minute, you just feel restoring life to you. So like if you're ever going to make a bad decision, it doesn't matter, matter if it's going to be a backyard event or a longer race. Don't that night, you know, don't quit. Sometimes nope. you just have to suffer through that night. And once you get that second sunrise, it'll bring you back to life to take you on and uh, help you finish. Because I know I would like literally feel like one of those video game characters where your power energy is like blinking. And then as that sun just came out, it would just go all the way to full. And then it'd be like, you know what I'm saying? Tired legs became strong legs. It was pretty miraculous. Honestly, thinking back on it. 
Yeah, because in route to the Ocala National Forest, like you make it to the big scup, big scrub campground around mile eighty-eight. Like, how are you guys feeling? I know, like Mike, I think you met oh, Stephanie and or so. so yeah, y'all met up quick, Stephanie. You picked up some poles. Quick story about that. So, I, I had called Stephanie around. Oh, she she was amazing. She was a big help. She had to handle the kids. I'm just gonna say she was amazing. In the Huge. moment, in the moment, I wasn't very happy because I had <laughs> I called her at about six a.m. and I was like, "Hey, babe, we uh we really we really missed the mark on this. We're running low on food, water. Uh, you know, I'm not saying meet us in forty minutes. She was about forty minutes to an hour away. I'm not saying meet us in like an hour, but you know, we had agreed to meet at eight thirty. I'm like, I, we're really gonna need you to come out. And so I was, I figured, you know what, seven thirty. Maybe maybe eight. She'll be she'll be showing up. And it it, it wasn't until about ten a.m. when she uh, rolled up as we were pulling up to Big Scrub Campground. And uh, I was like, uh, "Where you been?" <laughs> and she she originally misheard me when I called her because she was on her way. She thought I she thought I said that we were quitting. And so she pulls up and she goes, "Oh, so you guys done?" I go, "Done with what?" <laughs> I was like, "Done with what?" <laughs> like not very happy. And she goes, "Oh, I." She's like, uh, "I I call." She had called some company and I guess they come out to your house and they administer an IV. And so she was like, she was like uh, getting ready to come cart us back to the house, give us IVs and like nurture us. And I was like, you know, thinking back on it, that's the sweetest thing ever. But in the moment I was like, I was like, get out of here with that, with that, that devil, that devil stuff. I don't want to, don't, don't, don't hold comfort in front of my face. Like I'm, I'm in the pain cave now. I don't need to be, uh, I don't need that little carrot in front of my face of, Hey, if you quit, you get to, you get to relax. So I think I got a little ornery, but we got some food in us, got, got changed up. I got some trekking poles cause we were going to be hitting the, the uh, Florida trail. And honestly, I didn't know how my legs were going to hold up, but yeah, meeting her, seeing my daughter out there, getting a meal, restocking our supplies. That was it. That was a big scrub around mile, uh, was that 85 80 something and that was a that was a big 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 help oh i was saying that 100 percent because we uh if you remember the last uh, supply we got dropped was at 30 miles so we're, yeah. we're out there about 50 miles you know what i'm saying all night all morning on just what we we're carrying you know and it wasn't no real food you know it's like maybe bars but mostly like tailwind morton drinking stuff like that so i know each time we seen our girls our wives not our girls like it was just like it didn't matter how much pain we were in like mike said that real food we ate real thanksgiving on friday and saturday and that meal that uh mike's wife uh, brought us out oh man it brought me back to life because it was like one of those ones like as soon as we showed up to camp feet were shot you know what I'm saying? I wasn't able to take care of him that much overnight. And like we walked through about a five minute uh, or five mile grassy session up along that water. Was that the dam, Mike? That was that. Yeah, that, that was that dam. Yeah, it, but it was just like he had waterlogged your feet. So like I, I was done. But once we got to the big scrub, you know, it was just like that energy level goes from blinking. You're almost out of the game to, oh, you're back to 100. Everybody's uh, hunting hogs around you. There's dogs running. There's trucks zooming past you on this clay road. So it's like you wait up and it's time to rock and roll baby it's 10 o'clock and we're only uh 85 miles in you know so it's just like and then I'll, you I'll, go ahead. I'll add one more thing if you look at that if you if you guys look up big scrub campground and notice there's a about uh god it felt like it was 20 miles but it's looking like it was only about 10 miles it's a 10 mile stretch of clay road just in the morning, early morning when we hit it, you know, it's it's seventies. I'm like, you know, overcast. I'm like, this this clay road ain't too bad. By the time we got to about big scrub, that sun just came out and it was just baking us on that clay road. And so yeah, if you go look at that on, on Google and you look at that long stretch, that was a 
that was that was personally a low point for me. That was when I started. Uh, I think I started bitching and complaining a lot. And Matt, like, he was the best partner because he could have yelled at me. He could have gone full like Dave Goggins on me and just called me names. But he was always, hey, let's keep pushing. Let's go a little further. Hey, we'll let's stop it at three p.m. We'll stop. It was like it was like friggin' one p.m. and I was ready to drop dead. He was like at three p.m. Let's hit it hard for two more hours. Let's go. And in my head, I was like this bastard. But then <laughs> I knew. That was that was the inner that was his Goggins call. That's the inner bitch talking. But I didn't say anything <laughs> because I knew I knew that we had a goal, and I was I was mad more. I think more so at myself for for feeling the way I was feeling. But I knew that Matt's keeping us on track. Matt's keeping us on pace. So shut up, you know. Keep pushing, push those negative thoughts aside, and let's keep going. And that was that was pretty much those those eighty to a hundred. That was where I was uh was feeling feeling the worst. And I even I told Matt, I'm like, I, I told you at one point, I go, Matt, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to get you through the rest of this course, thinking about giving him my GPS watch, because I'll go into this later, but I, I pretty much did most of the research on the course. So I knew without me, Matt would have to rely on some of the uh, some of the GPS on the course where it was a little I shoddy. Be able to do it without Mike, be I was like, I was like, maybe I'll give maybe I'll give him my watch. Uh, maybe I'll take a nap and crew him the rest of the way. So I was telling him, hey, I'm thinking about dropping. And he was like, the hell you no, are, let's be pushing. He would not let me. And I, I, man, once I got out of that middle section, my dark area, that's when I was like, man, I, this guy is the best partner to have because I would have. I'd have been kicking myself in the ass if I would have quit at mile 90, 95. Yeah, and like 80 to 195, 100, 100 miles. Like, that's such a killer point in this, you know, 200 mile race. What were your mile 100 thoughts? <laughs> uh, so, my, my first thought, so actually it happened at mile 96, around 94. So I mentioned I ran the Cruel Jewel 100, which is actually 106 miles. So at 94, my first thought was, oh, I only have one, I only have a Cruel Jewel till I'm finished with this thing. And that was, that was the worst thought I could have had. I think that, <laughs> I was like, why are you thinking stuff like that? But uh, personally at 100, that was when I was at my low point. And I think there's, I, I got a video I'll post where I'm like, okay, that's uh, mile 100. Like there was no excitement. There was just, uh, it It was more like, okay, that's done. I got a hundred more to go. What do I need to do to get to get this finished? Uh, that's, so mine was kind of negative. Uh, I'm sure Matt's was probably a little more positive. I'll, I'll let you, uh, let you, let you go. Uh, yeah, no, nah, honestly, I, mine wasn't that much more positive because I know at and, and we're both suffering. My feet were jacked up. You're going through a tough spell, but we're grinding out. I mean, I think at mile 100, weren't we in the sand dunes? Were we in the sand dunes around 100? Uh, yeah, that was the sand. That was that sandy yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. hey, hey, it made the, f- f- the Trident course look like child's play. We went through five to six miles of rolling sand dunes that were just in what there was a bunch of sand spurs and crap like that. So my thought at mile 100 was like, this might fucking take us 90 hours <laughs> <laughs> at the pace we're going. And I just, it was, just, you know, like it, you weren't happy at 100 miles. You were just like, and you weren't sad either. You know what I'm saying? Cause our goal wasn't a hundred miles. It was just like, that's just a checking point. Our next checking point is up in Juniper Springs at which took us what Mike five, six miles longer than we thought. So that was, yeah. Like, about five miles longer. Yeah, it was just like it, it went from like a mile to three miles or a mile more, a mile more, and it was just like 
like then once we got to juniper springs it was like another two miles it was just like we kept adding mileage and it was a psychological test for sure i was pretty good i was pretty good with the navigation so i had my gps watch Mm -hmm. and i was measuring the distance but sometimes i'd zoom in or out too much and the uh the, my, the markers would, I get confused probably because I was a hundred miles into a race with no sleep. And so I'd be like, okay, Matt, it's another, it's another mile and a half. And it'd actually be like three miles. And I, we get, you know, a mile and a half. And he'd be like, how much, how much further? And I go, uh, it's actually looking like another mile and a half. And so <laughs> I was trying not to do that, but I was, that's why I knew I needed some sleep because I'm like, well, I can follow that little squiggle line on my watch, but like, I can't really judge distance right now. It's, it's a little, t- it's, it's kind of tough. <laughs> um, yeah, and that takes me right into, you know, mile 113 at Juniper Springs. And, you know, that's that's the miracle mile, you know, the angels, you know. Take me into that mile 113, you know. Oh, oh my God. You take this one. You want me to take this one, man. You might, you, you might hear me break down, man. I mean, every time I think about this, I go back and look at it every day <laughs> because they made a post <clears throat> that night. <clears throat> but there's the family, the Boyds some of the nicest people we'd ever meet in your life. So we show up to a Juniper Springs. We we wanted to get there before it got dark so we could get ourselves set up, maybe sleep outside the bathroom. That was our game plan. Like maybe get some sleep as soon as the sun uh, goes down. End up taking us, I probably think, probably about an extra hour. Mind you, we re-upped our supplies on about mile 85. So now we're right around 25 miles in. So we didn't want to pack too heavy because we thought the uh, campground was a little bit closer. So we're running low again, you know, so we show up and it's just like, just to find the freaking bathroom. Like, you know, you haven't slept in a couple of days and like, somebody's trying to be nice to you and you're like, I don't want you to be nice. Just tell me where the bathroom's at. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so we show up to this bathroom and it's not unlike any other campground we went to. It's jumping. People are uh, partying, hooting and hollering all around. Me and Mike looks at each other and we, I could see, I would, I was hoping he couldn't see my soul getting sucked out of my body because <laughs> we're hoping we could sleep in the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? We could, we're hoping we could get sleep. We haven't slept at all. That one minute didn't happen at Dollar General. It was like, you closed your eyes and kind of got uh you know what i'm saying whatever but yeah we're like looking for this and we're like crap we're not going to be able to sleep here like security already talked to us on our way back in because we didn't check in through the front gate so we're like shit so here the boys come tyson he's washing his dishes and uh, like this is what you guys have to he said he heard some moaning and groaning <laughs> and we tell him what we're doing he was just like what are you guys doing is the ex-marine right mike i think so yeah i believe he's ex-marine so uh he was just like would you guys like some uh hot dogs and macaroni and cheese and me i'm out of my skull at this point right here i'm not thinking right i'm just sitting by the bathroom like man we're still f you know mike's like hey dude get up come over to their campsite that's what he was asking us and i was just like oh okay so we go over to their campsite and man they freaking lay it out for us they give us everything we want to eat drink joe they blow us up a queen's mattress next to the fire. Let me remind you how we're smelling. I told you via text what we're oh, smelling. We don't have to whoa. say that over the. We don't have to say that over the podcast. That's what we're <laughs> smelling. Yeah, and he told us he was like, "You got to smell like a marine's dirty locker room." And I was just like, "That's giving us a compliment, bub." Because I every time I smelled myself, it was just like, "Damn!" Uh, but yeah, it like gave us blankets, their suitcases, or their uh, uh, 
pillow uh, yeah you know uh just blankets everything like that laid down whenever we got up their little girls sweetest girls in the world cool story on that they came down to the girls on the run event this weekend their little girl got second place overall down here in st petersburg but that's another story for another day but yeah just their whole family it was just like they cut they my feet bro like oh my goodness i had so much fluid pouring out of my feet they freaking lanced them they put neospore on them. it was like i mean me and mike talked about it the rest of our journey it was like literally god sent those people down for us joe and it was just like that was a pivotal point like where i think i personally was at all-time low you know, I didn't have sleep, ate a little bit. I wasn't able to eat that much real food, you know, like the first stop with my wife. But so I was like, I was just feeling kind of shitty. And it was just like those people, like if me and Mike talked about it, one thing happened 10 to 15, 20 seconds different throughout that first 36 hours. We would have never ran into those people, man. And it was just like, I feel like that carried us through the rest of our journey. Like for me, at least, like I kept thinking back on it whenever I had a bad moment. It was just like, no, you got second life. You know, it was just everything else. Whenever we came to go, they filled up our water bottles. They gave us Gatorades. They gave us food. It was just like, if you don't tell me that's like some kind of divine intervention, then I, you know, I don't know to tell you. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, right now, I went into that race. I told Mathis, I, it's, it's such a long race that I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm looking for in this race, but it, it's going to present itself. I'm going to hit the course, something's going to happen, or there's going to be a realization during this journey, and I'm going to figure out what, you know, what this trip's about besides, besides just finishing 200 miles. And I told him as soon as we left, as soon as we met the Boyds, when we were interacting with them, as soon as we left, I said that was it, that this is, this is the point of this journey. It was, I, to put a word on it, uh, gratitude, thankfulness, camaraderie. I can't think of an exact word, but I was like, this is – this is what I was looking for out of this journey to see such selflessness, to see a family, to see, to see the Boyds and their daughters helping us, their daughters. They were amazing. They were asking about my headlamp, my trekking poles. And they were like, Oh, you know, don't, you know, don't, don't ask them too many questions. They're tired. And I was like, no, I'm, I want to tell them all about this stuff. I want to get them excited about it. I want to share, I want to share our journey. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll tell you that they got more out of that experience than we did, but that's a lie. Cause we got, we got so much out of it. Uh, we, we enjoyed telling them tales. We explained to them ultra running and they were fascinated and they, they went, no, we, we got so much more out of this. We got, we got so much more out of this from you. Uh, this was, this was our pleasure. We're so happy we met you. And we were like, no, you don't understand. Like we were, it was, like I said, it was nighttime. We were in a dark place. We were, we weren't thinking about quitting, but we were hurting pretty bad. But after we left them, with a belly full of food and some time off our feet. Oh my, it was like, we're going to finish this thing. Like, this is it. We, it was no doubt after that. Yeah. I saw yeah. a Facebook post by Katie and she was like, it was a calling from God to just help you guys serve you guys. Get y'all going. Oh, they prayed over our journey, brother. I mean, they're the most God-fearing people out there. And it's just like uh, Mike was saying, like, going into this, you don't really know what you're looking for. You know, like, you you think you're going to figure it out maybe afterwards, whatever. But it it was just that same thing for me, you know what I'm saying, in a world that's gone crazy, to know that we're just some Americans out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, give a lending, helping hand to the person next to you without, you know what I'm saying? And like, you feel like the nation's so divided these days, you don't see that at all. So it's just like, these people didn't have to do that. And they didn't help us out. They freaking put us up in the Don Cesar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, 
help us. Like, I thought he was going to give us some cold hot dogs and macaroni and cheese over by the bathroom and say, have a good night, partner. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Looped up the damn air mattress, lance my rub nor neosporin on them filter water packs you know what i'm saying it was just like it was something like and it was like once that happened man it gave me a fight in me like i never had a thought of quit never but the thought of 70 hours i think at the one hour and 13 minute mark was pretty freaking grim you know what i'm saying because i think we're hour 113 in and probably about 36 hours and we're feeling bad and we know we're trekking through ocala national forest all night so you're not getting getting anything above 15 minute mile you know so it was just like that right there was just like a boost and it just gave you that i don't know it gives it to me to this day you know so it's just like something happened during that journey those people were put in their path and uh i'll be forever grateful for them and that that moment happened in my life yeah, so after this, I remember from one of the video updates, like you had a great 10 miles after, you know, after the Trail Angels, and then it got rough again. Like how how those miles go through the rest of the Ocala National Forest? Go ahead, Mike. I, 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 turned, I turned to Matt, and it was, you know, we had been stopped for like, I think an hour and 40 minutes at that camp. I think I looked at it afterwards, and I turned to him and I went, hey everyone's asleep right now. Let's, 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 let's make them wake up and go, what the hell are those guys doing? And, uh, so we hit that 10 miles hard and we were, I'd say it felt good. Like I, I was, I felt good. I had, uh, I had gone and let out in front cause I had the GPS I had on my watch and I kind of knew the trail a little better. That's when I ate so many freaking spiders, but we were, we were just flying. And all of a sudden we hit, uh, I think I had a little drop bag spot with some water and a few snacks. We hit that refueled. And then all of a sudden those last 10 miles came back and we're like, Hey, you remember us? <laughs> and so the next, uh, the next 30, I was like, okay, let's, uh, let's just try not to stop that much. So that's cause running was out of the question. We were, we, we had uh, not quite hit a wall, but we took a lot of that energy that we had after uh, that stop at Juniper. And we spent that in those, uh, that, that 10 miles. <laughs> yeah. I was saying that like that 10 miles out after Juniper, we were on fire, man. It was just like, we're clicking, like we're back in the fight, you know what I'm saying? But we know it's going to be a long night, you know? So we hit it hard, but then it was like Mike said, we came up on that uh, drop, which his drops in the woods. He made four of them, which were our literal lifelines throughout that. So I can't thank him. And I owe him so much for taking, the time to go out there and put those drops out there but each one was like about 10 miles apart so it gave us a fighting you know what i'm saying so it was like 10 miles but what my say is that night is dark and we're down by the water so it was just like you have your headlight headlamp on and, oh, it's yeah. so, and there's so much damn moisture you can't see freaking a foot in front of your face and you're walking a foot next to alligator infested waters for hours, for nine hours, how many hours, Mike? I mean, getting eaten, spider webs, freaking, yeah, all night. Like, I'm talking about you're walking on the edge of this trail, Joe, and it's just like, <laughs> you don't even, you don't even get scared because it's like, you know, something going to be able to do anything about it anyways, but the visibility, Mike, explain it to him. You probably can more than me because you're leading the charge, and I will say Mike took the lead. On night two through the Ocala National Forest and led the uh, uh, course record because I just followed him. 
I suffered and followed, suffered and followed. Mike just led the charge of navigation skills. Like I'm telling you, you're navigating a four Lord of trail and you can't see a foot in front of your face. You know what I'm saying? It's not like it's some pedigreed trail. It's like you're freaking uh, meandering out there through a lot of it. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like for us to do what we did and, the more we it was a suffer fest without a doubt it was no fast miles whatsoever and we suffered every second of the way we tried sleeping a couple of times and suffered while we did that but that was a night of growth for me you know and then mike just led the freaking charge he probably waited up on me a lot but he led us out of there and that was our uh, saving grace i will say that that uh, i think that's when i started coming back to life and feeling better because it, it was almost like uh a lot of the race I was, Matt was pushing, was pulling me and I was following him. But then all of a sudden that forest, I had a, I had the GPS washes I mentioned. Um, I'm looking at the trail. Like you said, you can only see a foot in front of you. So I'm just, I'm looking, it's like, okay, there's trail, trail, trail. Okay. Trees. No, that's not trail. Okay. Trail, trail, trail. Big spider. Big ass spider. Big ass spider. <laughs> so it's almost like I had a, I had a job and I was like, in my head, it was like, I need to do this job. This is the one thing. This is the one thing I need to do. Just spend the next couple hours and do this one job. And that couple hours turned into a bit longer because I just kind of kept in the lead being the navigator. But I just, once I felt like I knew my purpose as course navigator, it was like, okay, get this thing done. Like, do your freaking job. And Joe, I'll say firsthand, Mike was the freaking master navigator. And I would <laughs> never have, no, and I'm not saying this, I would have never been able to do this without Mike. I'm saying we got lost a couple of times for like maybe a 0. 0.05. And it was like an easy, quick, and then Mike was always just like, boom, hold on one second, boom. And like <laughs> what he did through the Cali National Force and even the the, the uh, night, of, night one, it was like, oh my goodness. Like he led the charge and he got the job done. And that dude has a special gift for that. And I, I'd like to see him do the Barkley Marathons one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I will. I will say so. This is different because I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now. I had the course. They give out the course GPS file. I probably spent, I want to say 20 hours, but it's probably closer to 30 hours studying the course. I had a, a Word document where I went on Strava and I measured out every section, every turn of that course, and I have step by step instructions that say, point three miles till Camp Road, make a right on uh, Pinellas Avenue. Uh, one mile down Pinellas Avenue. So it was kind of funny as we were hitting certain areas. I, I saw the road and I was like, Oh, that's a uh, Marigold road. Yeah. Turn here. And so I didn't even have to look at the GPS sometimes. Cause I had, I, I knew that course and it was, I told Matt during the race, I'm like this, I'm like, you're not quite experiencing it. Cause you didn't look at the freaking course for 30 hours, but this is a surreal experience. Cause I spent the last three months looking at these roads from Google earth going on uh, Google street view uh, trying to figure out where the heck this, you know, these roads take us and to actually be physically on the course. I was like, I'm tripping right now. This is surreal. Cause it's just, it's one of those things you're just building up in your head so long and you're there doing it. You're, you're seeing what you saw from a freaking satellite view and you, you just got to get it done. Yeah, it was nuts, Joe. You should have seen it, especially there late in the race. We're fucking crossing, excuse my language, we're crossing through these barbed wire trash fields. And it was just like, there's no way 
this is the way that's going to take us to the homeland because we're about 30 miles out. I'm like, there's no phone. There's no way. And we cross through and we get to this road and I'm just like, this Mike, I'll follow him wherever. I'll follow Mike wherever. If he's leading, I'm, I'm following. Like, that's one thing I didn't have to worry about at all. And I kind of felt bad. I tried to do my help, best to help out during the daylight. You know what I'm saying? But he led the charge both nights and he led us eventually to victory because he kept us on that course Every freaking step of the way, and everybody from back to David Goggins and those guys, whenever they did it, everybody's t- saying, talking about how hard the court, like Lucien, Richard, um, all those guys, how hard the courses to navigate. So that was like my biggest fear because it's like I don't have the best sight to drive. So it's just like for me, I was just like, damn, man. But Mike grabbed the hold of the bull by the horns and freaking did a A plus job. Yeah, and you know, with all that navigation, you know, finally you make it to the Rodman Dam at like mile one forty eight, one forty nine, or something like that. You're at the top of the, the top of the Ocala National Forest. You're you're finally fucking done with this shit, right? You know, yeah. how did it feel to be done with Ocala? Man, I told I told Matt. Matt was that was when Matt was like, "I'm not going a step further. I need to take a nap." And that was so as good as it was to get out of the forest. It was like, okay, we've we had such a hard push to get out that I don't think it was appreciated until after we had that 15, 20 minute nap. But I turned to him and I went, you know, we're done, right? Like we got, we got 45 miles to go. We hit the forest. I like, I kept telling him once we're out of that forest, we are, we are home free. And so I felt personally, I felt really good, except the, there was this, uh, this lock dam. Uh, I can't, Oh, it's what the heck's it called. It was this, it's this water crossing and you, you need to call ahead you need to call ahead to make sure there's someone there and there's a chance you're not gonna be able to cross this area. And then you have to get a backtrack like five miles. So the, the, the excitement of getting out of the forest was quite short lived when we started getting closer and closer to that, that area and just thinking, okay, we got to call these people. We got to make sure they're going to be there because at this point, backtracking five miles, isn't really an option. Like we, we got to get across this water at, at some point. And, uh, Luckily, we got there. Well, luckily and unluckily, we get there, and there's nobody there. I can kind of see that the the the, the dam crossing it's intact, so we can get over it. But there's barbed wire fences. I'm like thinking, okay, if I take my pack off, string it over the barbed wire. I'm like, I'm gonna climb. I'm getting through this barbed wire somehow, whether it be with a couple gashes or not. I'm getting over this freaking fence. I'm not sitting here waiting for ten hours for someone to come unlock it. But we decided to push through. There was a bit of a of a spot you could push through in the fence. And so I went to help Matt through. And somehow that thing like latched onto your leg. <laughs> but then you got through somehow. <laughs> and, and I got through somehow. And I got to say, we were, we were bitching and cursing quite a lot. We were like, what kind of bullshit is this? Crossing through a freaking lock gate. What kind of... <laughs> so that was a... That was once we got past that. That's when we, we met Sam, Matt's wife again. Uh, we got another quick meal, but yeah, that up until from the dam to the few miles of that gate crossing, it was uh, it was super stressful. <laughs> yeah, man. Whenever uh, we got out of that Ocala National Force, like I'm telling you, like this final like 10, 15 miles, Michael attests like he's probably walking twenty feet ahead of me at a slower pace than you wanted to. You know, I was suffering to get out of that woods. And once we got out of that woods, and it was another one of those things to get out of the woods, it was just like, oh, it's a couple miles up. Oh, no, it's a couple miles more. So it was just like, (laughs) 
one of those things, you know, and it was fucking the morning of uh, day three. So on no sleep, you know what I'm saying? Other than Juniper Springs. So it's just like, once we got out of there, I was done, man, threw my crap down on a ant pile and fell asleep for a few minutes and uh, something happened, man. I'll, I'll say is another divine intervention. I don't know whatever happened at that one mile, 41, 45 mile mark. It was just like, we woke up or I woke up. We're feeling like crap. We were getting going. I think we ran down, Mike filled up his pack. I was just, dude, you do that. I'm going to limp my ass. I can't run nothing. You know what I'm saying? And Mike comes back and he starts talking to me and I don't know what he said. I can't really remember, but it just lit a fire in me a little bit. And we knew the girls were up there waiting on us. And that's another thing that kind of fired me up too. It's like, we're supposed to meet them, but it's just like whenever you're meeting somebody out in the middle of nowhere, okay, good luck getting close to 30 minutes. And like they, you have a two and four year old that's just traveled three hours through the state. You know what I'm saying? That comes drop you off your crap. You know what I'm saying? You're just hoping you're there within an hour. And Mike's like, okay, well, they're going to be up here. Boom, boom, boom. Because we weren't too sure if we're going to take that, uh, or not. So Ron told us, yeah, go ahead and take that Ron, uh, Dan process. So we hustled our asses up, man. I think we're getting 12, 13 minute miles for the first time in about probably about a hundred, 120 <laughs> miles. So no, like, I'm serious. And but like, I think we finished off with the fast miles rate whenever we met Sam up the first time. And then they all got slow from there because we had heavy packs. So yeah, we hustled out those final three miles to him in like 12, 13, 14 minute miles. You know what I'm saying? because we were hitting 20 walking through Ocala National Forest for hours on end. So that's just uh, painful. But, uh, but yeah, we hustled up, seeing them, squeezed through, almost got my nut ripped off, and uh, my knee got bent up underneath it. It was just like, if you're a bigger dude, you're not getting through there. You're not getting through there. You better plan to scale the razor barbed wire because me and Mike barely fit. But we got through, had trouble finding the actual door that you put the combination on. But once we unlocked that door, I don't know, I see my girls, man. And it was just like we took some time at that station right there. But that's whenever Mike posts that uh, video up on Facebook, and I think it's in a a video on YouTube. Uh, It was just like you could see. It was just like, nah, dog. We didn't just show up here to get this done. We're going to get this course record. We're going to have to push ourselves. We're going to have to step out there and something happen. I'm telling you, Joe, what, uh, Mike, the next 20 miles? I think think we're like 12, 13-minute miles. I mean, I got to look it up on Strava. I did a brief, like, overlook on it, but we're averaging 12, 13-minute miles cruising for, like, damn near a marathon, you know, and that's right up until whenever something happened with me around that one mile. We had a 10-minute mile, then an 11-minute mile. I mean, we were were hauling some ass for being 100 and – 60 miles in and so that's when we were sitting there eating some food we're looking at the time and matt's or we're doing the math and we go we need to get under 70 hours we need to do 40 miles in what was it 14 hours i was like 40 i was like 40 miles in 14 hours we could we could lint that i'm like we and i was like matt we got this and i'm like we we don't want to just get under 70 hours i'm like we want to we want to make a statement. <laughs> so yeah, that first, uh, that first few miles, uh, I got this one video where I swear to God, I was, uh, it was like runner's high times a hundred. Like that was 
that was the one where on my on my YouTube video I said I said uh, pardon my language, but you're gonna have to fucking kill me if you want me to stop because there's nothing holding me back from getting this record. And I swear to God, if you put someone in front of me that said no, you have to stop now, I would have torn them apart. There was there was nothing stopping me from pushing on. And even Matt said, hey, you might want to slow up a little bit. We're we're pushing fast, and I you know through the bloodlust i was like you know what that's probably a good idea because we're we still got you know 39 38 miles to go after these two miles that we just did you know two 10 minute miles on so it's like okay we don't want to have a repeat of the ocala forest where we we bust out a quick 10 and then we're limping for another 30 you know i'll say because yeah that's a good point because around i think palatka was like 164 ish whatever it is miles and then it's just a stretch to go from you know obviously before you hit the pier You've got to go from Placa just to get into St. Augustine. How did that stretch go? Oh, Joe, Joe, I, <laughs> Joe, Joe, Ron, Ron messages us. Hey guys, it's all downhill from here. It's all, and, I, and I went, I went, Helly, I kept telling Matt, it's all downhill. Well, we hit this, uh, we hit this St. Augustine Placa trail or whatever. And I, I, Joe, it's it's straight uphill on this like a Pinellas Trail like trail. It's like going up one of the inclines on the Pinellas Trail, except you're doing that for like two miles. And I'm like, I'm telling Matt, I'm like, this is awesome. The down, we're gonna do these like uphills, and then we're just gonna coast right downhill, right into St. Augustine. We're gonna roll down the friggin' hill into St. Augustine, and we're gonna come out on top. Uh, it could be the 160, 180 miles talking, but I swear to God, we it was straight uphill till we went to St. Augustine. I did not notice any of the downhills. It was either uphill on this. It was a beautiful trail. Don't get me wrong, but it was either uphill or flat. We didn't. I did not notice many of the downhills, but uh, eventually, obviously, it did start sloping a little downhill because you got to get to the water. But that was a. Uh, I mean, that was a rough stretch, and I'll let Matt tell you. But there was a once when I once when I look back. And I, I thought he was going to fall. He would kind of start stumbling. I think the uh, this happened to me on night two, like my eyes and the headlamp and the darkness, because we hit that whole section at night. Your eyes start to go kind of cross-eyed and get kind of dizzy looking at that headlamp in the dark. And I look back at Matt and he's starting to stumble. And I go, oh, shit, I'm going to have to carry I'm gonna have to carry him 20 miles to get to this finish line. But we're, we're getting across that finish line together. <laughs> oh, no, nah, yeah. Getting through uh... – Placa, you know what I'm saying? That was uh, that wasn't too bad. You know, we had to take a lot of dicey streets. You know what I'm saying? There for probably about what 10, 15 miles. Might like where yeah. like there was no sh- there was no shoulder. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they're like the busiest roads in town, and people were like, "Who's these boys from freaking running on the side of the road <laughs> on a Saturday night?" You know what I'm saying? Whatever. Let's run. Let's uh, like you know what I'm saying. Let's dice them up a little bit. So that was like uh, kept us on our toes. You know, but we're feeling fresh. It pissed us off a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Gave us a little bit more fight whenever it was like, okay, if a car's coming, we walk. As soon as that car passes us, run. You know what I'm saying? So we're using that strategy to kind of use, uh, stay safe. And then we made it through a placa, got some fresh lemonade at the Jazz Festival before we uh, made our way over the bridge. And then we entered the Pinellas Trail, but with overtop for 28 miles, or what, 24 20 i don't know the mileage mark but it was it was pretty much like the pinellas trail and it just went on for miles on pavement with no black is the you know what i'm saying you couldn't see a foot in front of you that's your headlamp something happened 
you know, I ate a little bit of food. I think I drank too much. I was hopped up, you know what I'm saying? Like feeling the finish line was just like right there and crushed myself, man. Like something happened where I started crapping my pants every couple minutes, you know what I'm saying? My nuts swelled up the size of apples. So every, no, no, every step, every step was just like, oh my goodness, you know, my right foot felt like it was broken in half, both heels. Like, I mean, I can show you the damage to right now, but like they lost some meat back there because they were so wet for so long. Toes are broke, everything, you know what I'm saying? My left foot, my right foot's a good one. It feels like it's broke the left one. Every time I put pressure on it, it's freaking done. And I'm watching Mike. And he's just watching me suffer. I think at what, what point did I tell you, Mike? Mike, I'm suffering. I think I told you at one point, right, Mike? The, in like, the 180s and 190, yeah. Yeah. It, well, it's like I'm walking, Joe, and I can't walk straight. My headlamp, I'm trying to hold it in my hand because on my head, it's just like I'm in a psychedelic trip where I'm just like freaking floating in another world and there's water on each side of us which i guarantee has alligators you know what i'm saying and it's just like you're freaking floating through this land at 60 hours in no sleep and so much pain but it's just like you get to that point and that's whenever you find out a lot about yourself you know what i'm saying because uh, it'd been easy. Mike was like, Hey, you want to sit down for five minutes? I was like, nah, dog. If I sit down for five minutes, I'm not getting back up. <laughs> so we suffered. We suffered our asses off and Mike fucking, I guarantee he was cussing me so much. And I feel like the biggest punk because I'm just dragging my ass 20 minute miles, 20 minute miles for hours, for hours in the dark, hours in the dark with no sleep. And it's just like, one of those things that it define you as a man, you know what I'm saying? Like whenever, like Mike was saying, like any challenge that comes up in the future, it's just like, it can't compare to what we went through on that third night. Like you can't really put it into words unless you get yourself out there and do it. But once you do it, it kind of levels you up. Like all your statistics, you know what I'm saying? It like t- t- takes you to that next level. Hey, to give Matt to, Matt, to give you some credit, like I'm just, I'm looking at the paces now. Most of our miles were like, even with your broken, broken feet, we were doing 17, 18 minutes. Some of them were 15 minutes. Like we were, it, we were moving still. Like it's, it's not like you were, you were dragging a, a broken foot. Like you were, you were moving. And so just to put that in perspective, like I know 17, 18 minutes isn't fast, but anybody that's done a hundred mile race, those last few miles where you walk, especially on a trail, 17, 18 miles isn't too bad for uh, for walking pace that far. Yeah, let alone, you look so miles, good. let alone 200. You look so fresh that final 20 miles. Could you ran it out? Like, Joe, I'm telling you, with seven miles left, I was almost going to tell Mike to say, hey, dude, go get the course record. I'll crawl my ass there, but it won't be before 70 hours. Like, that's where I was at psychologically. It, because Mike looked like he was so damn fresh. Like Mike looked like he could have fucking ran the last. Could you ran the last twenty? Uh, I'm not to try to. I'm trying to think back. I probably could have run a majority of it. However, yeah. I think I would have probably only cut maybe an hour off, forty five minutes. Honestly, it. I think I could have cut some time off, but I'm happy I didn't. Not only because. I wanted to finish. We're, we did this. We were, we did 190 some odd miles together. Like I'm not. I'm. There's no not finishing 
with Matt at the end of this thing, but also my recovery afterwards. Uh, the last few races I've been, I hit the last few miles as hard as I can go all out. And I really tear up my legs and recovery takes an extra week. Whereas now, because we took it, I'm not going to say easy. Cause it wasn't easy. Like it, it was, it was a walking pace, but it was a fast walking pace. My recovery afterwards has been so much better. I think because I didn't, didn't just destroy my legs in those last few miles, but and save, you know, 30, 45 minutes max, maybe. It, it just yep. wasn't worth it. The same way. But, dude, what Mike had left in him and with 40 miles left, man, it was, uh, it was pretty damn amazing. It, we went from limping through the woods to back to like we were fresh, you know, and Mike was leading the charge the entire way, man. It was just like that's why, like, I may have been a little help early on, but Mike, he uh, transcended like going into the Cali National Force and leading us home because it was like he was telling you like there was a point where I was I couldn't hold the headlamp or not hold the headlamp and walk like I was like walking five feet left five foot right like in bad shape bad bad shape glad that I only lasted a couple miles you know but that was in bad shape best partner ever because I felt for him I was just like if I was him I'd be thinking I was such a freaking whatever you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, i'm sorry to be that partner man you know i never want to be the weak link on the team because i honestly think about fresh we've been close to 65 hours or not fresh but not feeling like i was gonna i, I gotta say i think one thing i said that kind of i hope hope it fired you up was that because it fired me up too just saying it we were at mile god it was like 185 maybe 190 and i told you i'm like matt this this is the race right here. Th- that 185 miles, that wasn't the race. The race is these last 15. Like, that we have the finish line in sight. We're hurting. This is where we have to dig deep. That other shit, that was just getting to this point. Like, now is the time where we need to execute. And I don't know if it did anything for Matt, but I said it out loud, and I was like, I was like, damn, that's some deep shit right there. I'm fired up. <laughs> no, it, fired, hey, it fired me right up, man, because it was just like I was just back there soft suffering like okay we're going to get a course record but i'm going to be finishing the same i was just like we're not going to finish saying limp into the finish line that was my dumbass last words i should have ever said because i finished limping to the finish line but i felt so good whenever i said it uh i didn't think it was going to come back to haunt me <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, i had fucking uh chased so bad that shit looked like poison ivy oh my god Oh my god! I, I got a peek of it. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Oh, that was like my fucking my final seventy-five miles. Oof. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I never seen anything like that before. And I don't. I hope I don't see anything like it like it since. <laughs> <laughs> well, if your balls always get chafed, you know, you just fill on. A sandwich bag full of lube and stick it on the board. Oh. Yeah, yeah, believe me. <laughs> hey, this shit no. was like a poison out Ivy times a uh, hundred. <laughs> like it wasn't even like shape, like shape, shape. It was like some shit. We were like, damn, my nuts might fall off. It's just whenever it's falling up at the end, I was just like, Mike, every step I take, my nuts feel like they're going to fall out of my nuts. <laughs> we got 18 miles to go, brother. I'm fucked up over here. I was just like, I'm stuffing every step. Every step, I was just like, I don't know what the hell is happening, but my nuts are going to explode out of my body. <laughs> my gave some motivational shit. My gave some motivational shit, and I was just like, all right, soldier behind. <laughs>
<laughs> but yeah, mile uh, 180. I think you said you you go, hey, let's let's run the last mile, the fastest of the entire race. Let's do let's do a seventh mile that last mile. And so when we do that that relive thing, and it shows the the re- relive of our run, it shows that last mile is the fastest one. And I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> that uh, that didn't happen. That was that was still that was still a fifteen minute mile, but it was a uh, it was definitely uh, a few minutes off from being our our fastest mile of the of the weekend. Because like Mike said, whenever uh, we, we heard it was all downhill from there, it was like the Pinellas Trail at a two percent incline, so it wasn't much, you know. But it was just about twenty miles enough to be like, "Damn, is this never going to go downhill?" You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like as a steep incline; it was just like a steady incline. And then once we got head, went to head into St. Augustine, we had what three bridges to go up oh, and over. They're half mile, three quarter mile uh, bridges, Joe. Like so, three three point five up, three point five down. Which down is good, but it was just like <laughs> those three in a row is just like I was MF and Ron England. I told him that every step of way I took you downhill, my uh, 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 every step. <laughs> Mike was just falling behind me. I can't even imagine what he was thinking. Like he probably thought I was out of my skull those last uh, few miles. Unless you were there, I don't really think he could have knew the shape. And that kind of just leads like right into the pier. How 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 did it happen, man? Just you know the pier's in sight. How did that last stretch go down? Well, I'll I'll leave you. The third night in a row, you couldn't see anything. So we're stumbling around in the fucking dark. And then we show up to a gate that says the pier is closed. But we see somewhere else that you can go to run even further. So me and White Mike, with our mentality, we said, screw that little gate that says the pier is closed. We jump up on some boardwalk and run an extra 100 yards. You know, and that's whenever that video smacks and it's just like it all just starts sitting in, you know, the whole journey, the wow, everything, like all the small moments, they come back real, real, real fast. And then the pain sets in and then you can't move. And Mike's <laughs> running back to the hotel a wheelchair to wheel your ass back up to the hotel because it's at the top of the other mountain um, that we just came down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that finish. It, I, 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 the, I pictured us finishing middle of the day. There's some families on the pier fishing, <laughs> e- eating, eating a snack, and going. What are these? Like, what's that smell? What's going on? And turn around, and you see Mike, Mike, and Matt with you know running down the pier, finishing, and then everyone goes, where did you guys just come from? And we go, we just came from the West Coast. And everyone starts cheering and carries us back to the hotel. Well, <laughs> we finished it. We finished at night. And it was, uh, again, middle of the night, pitch black, lonely. But in that moment, I was like, no, this is how this journey had to end. We, we started by ourselves in the morning at that one park. And we finished by ourselves no, you know, we didn't do this for glory. I didn't do this. So people were like, wow, you just ran 200 miles. I did this because I wanted to see if I could freaking do it. So the fact that we finished it, just us two and shared that moment of finishing it was, it was a, it was an amazing way to cap off that journey. Just us two knowing that we spent 200 miles, some of it, you know, most of it grueling, some of it good, but we, we did the whole things ourselves and we finished it together. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. It's like once you reach that, uh, the end of the pier is just, man, it, uh, 
just uh, erupts a whole bunch of emotions in your body. You know, the whole journey, the 10 months leading up to it, you know, and it's like a lot of people run races for the whatever at the finish line. We showed up there as black as night, but we didn't need anybody. You know what I'm saying? For the simple reason it was me and him that figured it out the entire step of the way. We did it in 67 hours. At the time, I felt like we could have done a couple hours better if I performed better. That stupid-ass thinking, you know? It's like the more you think about it, you cross Florida on foot in 67 hours, stupid, less than three days. <laughs> you know, like, it's it's the life-changing stuff, Joe. Yeah, and, I mean, you get that massive buckle. <laughs> Funny story about mine. Funny story about mine. It breaks through the freaking envelope. It's lost at the post office, but my mail mail carrier across like 200 because he follows my journey. He always sees my stupid butt out running around the neighborhood. Then my little loop that I run, uh, it's a mile loop. And so he's just like, I tracked it back and had a feeling that was yours. And he got it to me like the next day. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Your brain is so big, it broke through the damn uh, uh, package. <laughs> yeah, how did it feel just to hold that thing and look at it and go, holy cow? It was it was good. It was incredible. But it's going to sound so corny, but it doesn't it doesn't measure up to the feeling of, of finishing the race and knowing that you get to go take a hot shower <laughs> when you're done. <laughs> I definitely, I mean, I still... I still hold, now I have it at my at work at my office and I'll turn around and just look at it and just feel good but holding it felt great but I don't know it's just yeah I just it, it feels good but I am kind of thinking like okay what's next <laughs> that's, that's kind of where I'm at my wife's well it's looking at me now like nothing's next motherfucker you're taking a rest <laughs> yes yeah, for me man I mean I thought it was going to be more it, it, it didn't mean anything to me you know, because it was like more, it, I mean, it was something, it, it, honestly, it, it didn't even resemble the hard work in everything that we did to put up and do it. All, right, all of our family sacrifice, you know what I'm saying? The entire 10 months, it was like, for me, it was meaningless. Like I had to say, it, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? I have mine put up. I haven't looked at it in a while, but uh, it was just like, you think you'd be happier about it, but it was just like, nah, dog, like your feet are all jacked up. You know, like we got it. Brian got it to us within what? Two days. Two days. My, yeah. yeah. It was so damn yep. quick. Like, I was so jacked up my body and everything was still so jacked up. I was just like, get this metal out of my damn face. I don't even care about it. <laughs> you know, but like, it, like every time I look at it, you know what I'm saying? It'll be something I give my kids and, uh, just a remembrance of hard work, commitment over the course of a year, you can do hard things. You know what I'm saying? But it's those small little victories and don't crap whenever you don't want to and make it harder on yourself whenever you don't want to and just going out and doing it. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it's going to uh, represent to me in the future. But right now it means nothing because what I grew over this last year, I feel like I can do anything. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of think it goes to what Lucian always talks about. It's about the journey and the process. 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's those days you wake up and you got those long runs and you got to get back to the family. So you wake up at 2 a.m. You know what I'm saying? And you may have just finished your night run at 1130 a.m. or p.m., you know, but you do it because you get it in because, you know, it's going to suck whenever you're out there running 200 miles. So what can you do to make every day suck? And it's like a lot of people don't like to think of it like that. They're like, what? You try 
finding things to make your life harder every day. It's like, yeah, I don't want to go run whenever it's 65 degrees and no humidity. I want to run whenever it's 95 and 100% humidity, you know, like just putting yourself in those situations leading up to it. It builds a callus over your body and your mind that it just, it transcends the race. It transcends everything. Uh, pretty much you're pushing your body to limits and you're learning how to deal with it and stuff like that. So I think, uh, I, Matt, we were talking before what I can't remember the guy's name, but, or who said it, but you know, it was the, if there's a challenge, the response, good. You know, we were looking at the, we were looking at the course. Jocko said that we were looking at the course and I'm like, Hey, it's looking like it might rain for two of these days. Good. Good. Hey, like it's going to be freezing in the rain. Good. It'll be, we get to say that we just conquered the, conquered the course in the freezing rain. Then it was hot the day. It was going to be hot that weekend. Good. Now we can say that we, we conquered the course on one of the hottest days in freaking November when it's supposed to be in the forties and fifties and it's in the mid eighties. Good. That's just one more feather in the cap. We did it. So the next thing that we do, it's going to be hard and good. It should be hard. There was, there was, there was one point, there was one point in the race where I didn't mention, say this out loud, but it was around that, that dark time of around mile 100 when I was feeling bad. But I remember thinking, I'm like, I go, Matt was pushing me and I guess like, is bullshit. This isn't fun. I'm not enjoying the course. This isn't fun. And something clicked and it said, well, yeah, you're not doing this because your candy ass want to take a walk in the park. You're doing this because it's hard. Like that's, that's the whole point. And that's when I realized I'm like, Oh, that's that part of me trying to say, Hey, slow down. You don't have to do this. And because Matt was pulling me, I realized I go, Oh no, this is, this is why I'm doing this. Cause it's hard. Good. It's hard. You're building yourself up. And so, yeah, that's, that's my whole mentality that whole weekend and going forward, if something's hard, good. Because if it's easy on race day, that just means I'm going to kill it that much better. 100%. Yeah. That kind of goes back to like the old saying, like if it's easy, then, you know, is it really worth it? And that's not worth doing. Exactly. Yep. And maybe not in like a 200 miler, but you know, hundred yeah. miler, 50 miler, you know, the running distance is all, you know, in perspective to the individual, but, how important is it to have a positive mindset knowing how many miles you have yet to go? I mean, no matter the distance. Hey, 100%. Whenever you go in, you got to have trust in your training. You know what I'm saying? If you're not training up to the level of your race, you're setting yourself up for failure. So personally, whenever you go into a race, if you're training your ass off for months on end for this race, it's pretty much a formality to get it done. You know what I'm saying? You're going to encounter different situations, you know what I'm saying, throughout the race and how you encounter those and deal with them. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully you figured out during training. So for me personally, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, take care of it during training. You know what I'm saying? Don't just show up the race to run a race. Train for it. Get something out of it. Learn something about the small little victories daily. Build yourself up a resilience. Don't be, don't get into running a race every month, you know? I mean, everybody's whatever, you know what I'm saying? But like train yourself, you know what I'm saying? Get better at where it's your week at and become better, more efficient, stuff like that. So that's my uh, just number one reason I do all this ultra stuff is try to build a bigger, better version of myself and learn my weaknesses in my previous races and just attack those weaknesses and come come back better. And Joe, let me touch on what you said about keeping a positive attitude. So starting this year, uh, I had a goal of, <clears throat> of fake it till you make it. 
put on a smile, try to show, don't show that it hurts. And over time, I, people would see me at, I think it was the Cruel Jewel at Vero. I'd be at mile 80 and they go, wow, you're smiling a lot for being 80 miles into a race. And I, I'd say, yeah, if I wasn't, if I wasn't smiling, I'd be crying. That was my joke. <laughs> but honestly, it got to the point where I'd just be happy and smiling, you know, 70, 80, 90 miles into a race. And people would be like, wow, hey, you're looking, you're looking fresh. And honestly, it took me a while, but I realized I'm like, it's because I'm happy to be out there. I went from, I went from in my mid to late twenties at a very dark place, depressed, drinking a lot, had gained a lot of weight to uh, start in jujitsu. I started doing some long distance biking and then started getting ultra running. And I'm like, man, in a couple years, I completely turned my life around from someone that was, you know, a couch potato to now off doing 200 freaking miles. Like it's, it's not hard to smile when you realize that, I could have gone down a very different path, but instead I'm out kicking ass, running these long distance races and maybe not the fastest out there, but not too freaking slow either. Like keeping, keeping a pretty good pace. Oh, a positive add to case you take you to distance, you know, because it's easy to focus on every uh, negative step along the way, your injuries, all the setbacks, but having that positive attitude, just getting to that next aid station, taking care of yourself is, uh, it makes a wonder in the world, especially on your body shutting down and uh, the world seems like it's against you. That positive attitude is the only thing that's going to get you to that finish line. Yeah. And that's one big thing, at least for me, you know, at a race, I'm always hooting and hollering and smiling. You know, I love seeing someone else get lit up by that energy, but it's not just to help someone else out. But for me, holy cow, man, I feed off of that. If I yell at somebody like, Oh, let's go. Dude, I get pumped up when they get I love that shit too, Joe. I love that shit, Joe. <laughs> I love that. I love it. I love it whenever somebody else is fired up on the course. You know, it's like, no, that's like a second wind. You know, especially if you're suffering kind of down, you just see somebody else have a little bit of fire and like, yeah, come on, let's go. Yeah, that always uh, fires me up 100%, man. And I guess, you know, before we head into the closing, what are your top five tips for the across Florida <laughs> Well, I'm not sure if I got five. I'll start just rattling off a couple. Uh, one, uh, take care of your damn feet. Read a book on it. Practice it. Take, Stop every – I think I made him stop, Matt, stop every five, ten miles so I could get my uh, – I use salty britches now. That's my new favorite. I just lube the toes up, either change the socks or just wring out the socks. So, number one, uh, fix your damn feet. Uh, number two, uh, eat, eat a good meal. Eat, eat a hot meal whenever you can uh if you can get it uh that was a that was a big mood changer for me eating that hot meal that was amazing uh number three would have to be uh keep that pot i'm sorry keep positive attitude but more importantly keep checkpoints in mind a lot of our checkpoints were my drop spots in the woods in the ocala forest and it was two bottles of water and some hostess cakes and some protein bars that was that was the goal it wasn't a it wasn't a uh, it wasn't a aid station with a heater and, and a bunch of people and a bunch of hot food. It was uh, a spot in the dirt for you to put your ass to fill up your water bottle and to eat. But just be breaking the race down into those 10 mile increments uh, made it not seem so daunting. And uh, those are, those are definitely my top three and I'll, I'll let Matt go. And if I could think of any others, uh, I'll chime in, but th- those three are definitely uh, what got me through the race. Nah, yeah. I mean, my top five, number one will always be uh, training. 
you know what I'm saying, train to your goals. If you're going to do something like a 200-mile uh, race, don't feel like your miles have to be super high. Like, have your training blocks where they are super high, but more so spend time on feet. Time on feet. And, like, if you're going across Florida, 200, and I could only imagine, like, some other, like, the Cocodona and uh, Mob, like, uh, power hiking with a pack. I think doing that during your training, definitely doing all the knees over toes stuff, doing backwards sledding. I think that's going to be a number one key to success. It's just adding a lot more power walking with weight. Then uh, two, two, like Mike said, set yourself mini goals. Because as soon as you start thinking about 200 miles, whenever you feel like shit at mile 50, that's going to jack your head up. Don't think about it. Take care of yourself. Each step of the way, take care of yourself, monitor your nutrition, monitor your hydration, monitor your electrolyte intake, you know, and try spacing that out and then focus on your pace, you know, but says goals. It doesn't matter if it's a, a 50K or 200 miles, you know, set yourself many goals along the way. Uh, three, uh, just try to get nutrients in you whenever you can try to get rest yeah. whenever you can, because it doesn't come cheap and it doesn't come easy and you'll never know whenever you have another opportunity to get some rest. So if you find those moments where you can get rest, try to get them because I'm sure me and Mike would have probably looked back a couple of times and spent, uh, more time at Juniper Springs or something just because like we, 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 we didn't have enough sleep. We didn't have enough sleep. We needed it. But for what we battled through, it was uh, something that definitely took a toll on me personally. And I got more sleep than Mike. So then uh, the final two, two is just whenever you do something like this, it's about setting yourself a goal. And this is probably number one. Like you set yourself a goal a year in advance. It gives you a year to get better every single freaking day. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you're not training for 200 miles today. You're training for 200 miles in 10 months. But what you're doing today, what you're doing tomorrow, and the more discipline you build during that process, it's going to far outpass the race, the buckle, and everything like that. Like the experience of the race would is probably the number one. You know what I'm saying? It's just like whenever you do something like this, it's not like it's a aided race. <laughs> you go out and do this it's like mike said you're doing your own stuff you know what i'm saying nobody's saying oh well this is what you should do it's just like you're figuring it out on the go and it's just like in a society where we're very comfortable and very comfortable to be relaxed in 70 degree air condition it's just like whenever you get out there and you have to survive on that primal instinct for two three days at a time i mean i just think that unlocks levels in life that you can't find anywhere else other than pushing your body and setting yourself a very ambitious goal that you train really hard for. Yeah, exactly. And I guess we can wrap it up with, you know, with the race with such a wide range of emotions to the ups and downs and what was the good, the bad and the ugly for the across Florida 200. Go ahead, Mike. Oh man. So, uh, there's, I'm going to just t- touch on a couple good moments, uh, seeing our families. Uh, that was, you know, Those were good moments when you saw them, not only because you knew you were getting a hot meal, but because it was always good to see a loved one and uh, a friendly face. Uh, it, in terms of a general feel of a moment, uh, like I said, those sunrises, there was nothing quite like uh, when that sun was rising, like just feeling the the hope and the the confidence going into that next day. 
And uh, another good good moment was meeting the Boyds. That goes with meeting meet the friendly face. That was awesome. The the bad I would have to say uh, it those it's it's easy. I'm remembering most of the good moments now in in hindsight in retrospect. It's funny because usually the the bad moments stick out, but I'm really remembering the awesome parts, but I'd say the bad parts, those last few miles, uh, just ankles, calves, uh, legs, just, man, they were, everything was screaming to stop, take a moment and rest. But you knew that the longer you stopped and rest, the more, the more they would hurt and lock up. So you had to just keep on going. That was, a. Uh, that was pretty rough. And uh, I'd say the ugly, I think I, I mentioned it a few times, but mile, I think 80 to 110 for me, those were the, the times where the I wasn't looking at those those pit stops one by one. I was looking at the entirety of the race ahead. And when you're at mile 80 and you realize you have two, you have another 80, 80 plus more to go, uh, yeah, that can get kind of daunting. So that was when I was trying to think of ways I could aid Matt to the finish line uh, with, without being with him. And luckily, like I said, he kicked my ass and uh, made me keep on pushing. So yeah, yeah, those middle miles were tough. But again, uh, just really remembering all the good moments of it. And it's funny, I feel like each ultra I do, the the painful moments, they uh, they kind of drift away faster and the, and the good ones remain. And I when we were doing this race, I toward the end of it, I remember saying like, let's get this record because are we, are you ever going to run this again? Matt's like, hell no. And I'm like, I'm never step. I'm never doing this race again. And it's a week after the race. And I'm kind of like, well, maybe in a year or two, should I, should I try to get a crew and try to like really hit this fast? Or maybe I'll just make a backpacking trip out of it and make it like a four or five day thing and relive the course. And I'm like, Mike, it's been a freaking week and you're already planning. You're already planning the next across Florida 200, like stop. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, just on that note, uh, just to, to end off on my part, uh, I'm leaving, I'm leaving the across Florida 200, uh, with some very good memories and, uh, a very positive outlook on the future what it holds for uh, not only my running, but just going through, going through that pain, that perseverance, uh, like Matt said, any other challenge right now just seems so minor in comparison to getting across Florida in three days. Yeah, no doubt. And I guess I'll go the good man. I mean, the good, like I've said multiple times, it's just the journey leading up to it, the journey leading up to it. The pretty much a complete stranger, you know, like you're pretty much going across or you're going across Florida and you have each other's back, you know what I'm saying? You don't know if you're going to encounter a bear, crazy people, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And to not know somebody and just like kind of watch him grow throughout the year, like as an athlete, it was just like very impressive for me, for me, all the training, all the long day, long mornings or early mornings, long nights, whatever it had to be. You know, saying doing everything I could every day to set myself up for success to not let Mike down. And I was tell Mike 100 percent, I would get a rep in. I'd push this. You uh, go a little bit faster here and be like, I'm not going to let Mike down because I'm not used to having a teammate as far as on any sports. You know, so it's just like for me to run a race, I do that my own uh, deal. So just the whole process of building around a teammate going through the journey and then doing the race. The race is like one of those things. Like once you do it in the next couple of days, it doesn't seem like anything, but the more you look at the map and everything like that, it's gets some very, it does something for you deep down in your soul. And I definitely recommend for everybody to do it. It doesn't matter how fast you do it. 
whatever. But if you do some kind of like a long endurance journey, it does something for the mind, body, and soul, especially whenever you're pretty much off the grid without any help. Now, the good, yeah, that's a good. I mean, yeah, just seeing our freaking amazing ways, like how much support they gave us the entire stretch of the way. Like every time we seen them, it was like a beacon light. And it's just like you could only imagine try tracking down a couple of dudes running across Florida. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's not the easiest job to do. So we uh, love and uh, respect them so much for doing that for us. The bad, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I try taking good and the bad. You know, every time something bad happened, it happened at like probably the worst shape of my life. So it was just like, well, if that was bad then, it's not, it can never really be that bad ever again. You know what I'm saying? So the bad was my feet, bust my feet up early. That's probably the bad and the ugly. You know, just have my kids and wife wake up, have to take me to the emergency room because I didn't go the night before. It wasn't like something that happened in two seconds. It was something that happened over 14 hours. And it was my own stupid self is lack of due diligence they go to the emergency room on the way home from St. Augustine. So that's like the bad and ugly for me, my feet, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, having to wake my family up to take me to the ER bright and early in the morning. Yeah. And that's a big thing with the bad. Cause usually the bad's the baddest or the batter, whatever, whatever you want to call it. That's the worst that can happen. So when that's bad, that bad is now behind you. 100%. It's just like if you think about a 100-miler with aid stations or a backyard event where you get to finish your four miles and have a cot and all your stuff sitting there for you, it seems like your uh, possibilities like expand way further than you could even imagine whenever you do what me, Mike did. You know, like we had three, four cruise stops over 200 miles. You know, we didn't stop at one gas station. You know, it was just like we did some pretty – and crazy stuff and it's like while you're in the moment you're focusing on the suffering you're not trying to focus on the suffering but you're focused on surviving that's a better way to say it so it's just once you remove yourself from that a few days a few weeks you're just like man this right here is some life-changing stuff yeah <laughs> and yeah 67 hours 15 minutes and 20 seconds yes sir <laughs> Well, hey, heck yeah. This was awesome. Joe, when, before we before we go, I just want to uh, give a quick shout out. Uh, this morning, uh, Scott Trenkamp and Bob Brashear uh, finished the Across Florida 200. They did it in 71 hours and 14 minutes. Uh, those are two guys from Kentucky. Uh, Scott's 57, Bob's 63. They've, they've seen many ultras, so they, they had an amazing time too. So those guys, just they're great guys. I caught them up a few times on the course because they posted their Strava and I called them. I said, Hey, what, where the hell are you guys going? You're, you're going in the wrong direction and kind of turned them around. Uh, we, we had uh, talked a lot before the race and I gave him a lot of Scott, a lot of tips. So uh, it was, it was fun kind of watching their journey and helping them out. But I also want to say that there's five more runners going between now and the end of the year. And uh, I'm just going to go on record right now and say that I know we got the, the course record at 67 hours and 15 minutes, but uh, there between uh, Tim Wills, uh, Loveland Findlay, and then uh, the two triathletes, uh, Casey Northrup and Jerome Barrett. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not going to be surprised if uh, that 67-hour uh, record falls by the end of the year. I, I hope it stays, but, uh, yeah, we got some strong runners. So just going on record now and saying that uh, it might fall, and 
I'll be I'll be cheering I'll be cheering them on just as loud as their crew because anyone that can go across Florida, whether it be 60, 65, 70, 100 hours, uh, it's an amazing journey. And uh, I, I highly encourage anyone that's on the fence, reach out to Matt or I, reach out to Ron Eagle and get some more information. And I guarantee you, we're going to talk you into signing up for that across Florida uh, 2023 race. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100% with that. I uh, uh, congratulate Bob and Scott. It was awesome following along on their journey. It's so cool. Once you do it and then you like kind of follow along on the map, you're like, you know what they're encountering at uh, what point. So, 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 so much fun just to be engaged. And like Mike said, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody takes down that uh, course record this year because there's a bunch of phenomenal athletes uh, finishing up. But uh, if that happens, me and Mike might be out there next year. So we'll put you guys <laughs> we'll have to see if your wife lets you (laughs) i think that's going to be the biggest obstacle of the across four to 200 is uh getting the wife to sign up for that again yeah (laughs) Uh, boom there we go sweet awesome yeah, it was awesome rehashing this with you guys, man. It brought back so many uh, emotions and memories, man. It was a uh, freaking, freaking adventure was, of a lifetime. Joe, you should do it, brother. Really Joe, Joe, do it. <laughs> Put it on your radar, man. I'll be out there with Loveland. I'm, I'm freaking stoked to at least be part of it. No, no doubt, but put it on your radar. You're a young man. <laughs> it's a, no, I'm, 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 I'm telling you, it's it's something. I mean, I'm. It's hard as hell, but it was uh, a life changing experience, right, Mike? I mean, it was. I definitely yeah, I mean, do it with somebody. Though. Do it with somebody. Like doing it alone. Like on the nights me and Mike did it, it was like. Oh, dude, that was that was that was rough. Well, could you imagine going through the Cali National Forest? I know you're leading the whole oh. way. It was just like by yourself. Like that would have been freaking brutal on the days we did it just as far as like no freaking sunlight. But needless to say here, here, there, uh, it was a heck of a journey and I'm glad you were my partner, brother. Oh man. I'm so, that was, uh, I'm so happy you reached out. Cause originally I planned on doing it. solo. I was like, I'm doing this solo. I, I got this by myself. And you're like, Hey, you know, I want to join too. And I was like, Hey, partner's cool. And man, it wasn't until, it wasn't until leading up to the race, getting excited with you, and then obviously d- doing the course with you, having that person there to keep you accountable. And I was like, man, that that was the best. That was the best thing that could happen was you reaching out and saying, "Hey, let's run together." And not only anybody, but you specifically, because uh, you kept my ass in shape in the beginning, and I kept your ass in shape at the end, and we really got that. We really got it done without Dude, yeah. without, without you. I wouldn't have done it nearly as fast. No, no, I agree one hundred percent, brother. Without you, I, I probably wouldn't have done it at all. You know what I'm saying? Because once we got in the navigation, whenever we got through the spaghetti mazes, you know what I'm saying? In that first night, I was like, man, I was thinking to myself, once my feet were all busted up, I was just like, I'd be fucked if I was out here alone. Like, and I was like, in a little bit alone myself, you know, I was just like, if I was out here by myself, because you're doing such a good job nav- navigating the trail, man. Like, that's one thing, Joe. If you do decide to do it or you do it with Loveland, make sure somebody knows the trail, man. Because Mike, I'm telling you, Mike probably saved 10 hours on their journey easy you know everybody else we've seen has gotten lost like everybody that's done it this year and like it seems like everybody has gotten lost too but us mike i don't think we got lost more than other down that sand half mile, yeah quarter mile whatever it was 
you know, we got right back on track. There was never a point where we're like, damn. I mean, those dudes last night, like they're getting lost like in town. I was just like, you know, the sleep demons creeping up on them. Yeah. Oh man, Justin, this is fun. I can't believe it's been, I can't believe we spent two hours. So you're going to have some, uh, you're going to have some, some, uh, audio to edit. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm so long winded, man. I don't talk to anybody about running other than like my closest. It's just like, damn, dude, slow down. <laughs> I think Colin feels the same way when I'm talking about running. I think it goes in one year and out the other, but, uh, she listens supposedly <laughs> <laughs> well hey y'all this is awesome i appreciate it oh no nah, thank you brother it's awesome uh rehancing the uh rehashing the journey mike once again brother i can't thank you enough for everything you put into this journey you know what i'm saying like joe like his navigation and his drop bags like he set us up for one hundred percent success on this mission and i like honestly like whenever i signed up with him i had no clue on who he was but now i feel like he's a brother for life and i'll do anything for him and his family so it was awesome uh gaining a lifeline lifelong friend over a journey like this oh yeah it's gonna be uh it's gonna be fun in some future races seeing you there and I, th- I think we're going to have some some fun uh, fun times uh, competing as well as uh, being partners. So I, I can't wait for those upcoming races. We're both rookies. We're both rookies. We got a lot of room to go. Oh yeah, <laughs> got a lot to prove. All right, hey you guys, it was awesome talking to you. Thank you so much, Joe, for the opportunity. Mike, hit me up whenever you're coming in town, brother. Oh yeah, I'll be there this weekend. Uh, see you, Joe. Heck yeah, have a good night. You too. And there we have it for the stories from the Across Florida 200 with Mike Alberts and Matt Clapper. What an epic journey with so many stories to tell. And yeah, honestly, we could probably chat for hours, hours on this thing. So huge congratulations to these guys and all the other finishers of the Across Florida 200. You know, guys like Lucian and Richard Gallegos, Eric Kokonowski, David Goggins, Sean Hobbs. Scott Trenkamp and Bob Brashear, you know, the two guys that most recently finished that they just had mentioned. And of course, all the people who've given this race an attempt, you know, it's definitely no joke. And a challenge like this, a journey, it's transformative. So, hey, with that, you know, there we have it. And next up, you know, coming down the line, we got the Daytona 100. So I'm pumped for that. And hey, until next time, happy trails.